This podcast is brought to you by Twitch.tv, the world's largest video game broadcasting and chat community. Join the community, chat with your friends, start broadcasting your gameplay, and connect with a whole universe of gaming fanatics at Twitch.tv. From Britain like me It comes out really late So you have to get it on a Thursday Before break In the morning This is the Drunk Tank Podcast Yeah Talking about games, food, and Frag dolls Maybe even Gus Dressed up as one That was a good short With Jeff, Gus, Bernie, Joel, Matt, Griffin, Carrie, Monty. So we better get started with the Drunk Tank podcast today. Go, Carrie! <laughs> hey, what's what? up? This is the podcast. What was that last part? Go, Go Carrie! Go, Carrie, yeah. That was <laughs> the UK representing. Yeah, this one. is... Uh, How did you like Carrie? Carrie's, Carrie's birthday was this week, so... Oh, uh, oh, nice. so, yeah. you let him, so you let him do the intro song. No, that, that was not Carrie doing <laughs> the intro song. That was uh, someone from the website. <clears throat> need, need more cowbell. But other than that, it was good. If you would like to make your own podcast theme song and with more cowbell, send I, it to podcast at roosterteeth.com. <laughs> that one must be what? That must be nine months old. No, that that's one? from February of eleven. So that's fifteen months old. <laughs> oh my God, do you have like? I mean, we've we've rebranded to like now. It's not a drunk tank. Now it's Rooster Teeth podcast. Yes, right? but you still have all these songs with uh, drunk tank lyrics. Are you trying to burn through those? No, no, just whatever. Is Joel, just what whatever. Is Joel slurry? <laughs> Joel walked Joel in has... with a six pack this morning, and I said, Joel, I, we record in the morning. I said, Joel, is your beer already? And his response was, Well, <laughs> that was it. Joel's on, Joel's on Australia time. I am on Australia time. I was drinking the whole time I was on Australia time while I was in Australia. So I figured I'd just keep going. Jet lag sucks. Yeah, jet lag's awful. Uh, they say it's worse going east. Have you recovered yet? I'd agree with that. I like, uh, I like going I west. No, I haven't recovered yet, and it's uh, harder. I think it's harder the older you are and just, you know, set in your in your ways. So I'm still waking up at 4 in the morning. I'll wake up at 4 in the morning. Does that taste like an evening beer right now, or is that very morning it beer? It tastes like an evening, yeah. It's nice. an evening. What time is it in Australia right now, do you know? I don't know. It's fucking drink o' beer fucking o'clock. It's like, <laughs> it's like tomorrow or like, it's like tomorrow, tomorrow at 1 a.m. or something. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> So you should be really wasted by now. Gus, so you're way behind. Gus has a backpack with a bottle opener on it. You know, we how fucking when is that? We travel a lot. We've talked about it, and we've I've encountered situations where while traveling, I'll buy a six pack of beer and realize I don't have a bottle opener. So I bought that backpack specifically because it has a bottle opener built into it. You know, it. The, the the backpack is the new Swiss Army knife. <laughs> like I just bought a new backpack for the trip. It's like it can't, you cannot have enough things attached to the backpack because that that backpack you're living with that thing night day. Mm-hmm. Northern Hemisphere, Southern Hemisphere, anywhere you are, that, yep. that, that backpack is... But I had to say, they all put something on them that I just, like, I'm not buying. Like, for instance, they all have that little, like, grommeted rubber hole where you're supposed to put your headphones through. Mm-hmm. Like, you're going to put your mm-hmm. MP3 player I, yeah, inside it. No, 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 ever has done that, So they, they want you to reach into your bag to change tracks, <clears> do they? Right. Or, like, pick the track? No. Well, now you could... My old You could use Siri, you could talk to it. Yeah, if you want to, like... Look like a this backpack has a media pocket. <laughs> yeah, this is literally a Swiss Army backpack. That looks like that looks like your, like your first aid kit is listening to music. 
It does look like that, yeah. <laughs> looks like your health pack wants it's to funny, demo. It's funny how the values have shifted over the last hundred years, where back in the day it was like, oh, I need a knife to help me out of the situation. Now I've got to have an MP3 player. Mm-hmm. You have to have a smartphone. So when you fly to Australia, you cross the Dateline, right? Yes. Yes. So, what, so, so can you Australia land? from the U.S., where we are in the U.S., we're negative six GMT. Here's the best way I think about it. They're nine hours earlier than us tomorrow. Right. So you have to go forward a day and then go back eight hours. Yeah, you, you take off from Austin. Like, flying Austin to Melbourne takes – like, from the second you walk into the airport at Austin to the second you walk out the airport at Melbourne, it's about a 24-hour trip. Good you God. land two days after you take off. So, like, you leave <laughs> you here on a that. Monday, you get there on a Wednesday. I mean, and then when you fly back, you land on the same day you took off. So you take off, like, at a – let's say Friday at 8 a.m. and you land Friday, like, at noon. So is it possible to land before you took off? Is it possible yes. to land before you took off? Oh, uh – I think, you know, it's funny because I had uh, sure. a bunch of, yeah, yeah, it is possible. It is so, possible. But uh, for me, it's like I was going from Gold Coast to Sydney, Sydney to LA, LA, Austin. So it's like, yeah. But it's like, had I left from Sydney, measuring, see, I've already. Sounds- <laughs> Every time you tap the table, I'm watching Gus cringe. Every single time. The table. So, so more limes, hey. the Gold Coast <laughs> kept appearing on the itinerary for our events. It sounds like an amusement park. What is it? Uh, it's a city. It's called Gold Coast. No, yeah, it's right on the coast. It's um, Wait, is Gold Coast the name of the city, or is that a region in Australia? I thought that was a region. No, I think like it's the it's, Gold Coast, right? Right. Uh, I think it's a city, oh. but I, I guess you don't it's know. A region. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I was drunk most of the time. <laughs> I mean, once I got to LAX, it was you know dropping Vicodins, drinking beers, and that was it. Dropping Vicodins <laughs> and drinking beers, and that was it. But um, I had a good time. Um, many interesting things occur- ha- happened to us. You want to um, share any of those stories? Um, Should we get no, Marshall? Marshall went with you. We uh, we had four panels and met a ton of fans, and it went really well. They saw all the fans. Monty just walked in. Four four panels? Four panels. We had four panels. Wow. And they all went really well. We showed the uh, action sequence. Everyone went crazy for it, so that went well. Um, Gold Coast is a coastal city located in the southeast of the state Nice. Queensland, Australia. And it was great because this trip was a little bit different because we were sort of uh, on the supernova star list or whatever so we how'd, you, were, how'd you sneak onto that i don't know but it was like <laughs> we basically got the treatment of all the stars of all the people who were there and it's funny i kept running into a lot of the firefly people and i kind of know some of the firefly oh, people yeah. did you always shave half your face you've done that before right <laughs> this is something i like to do where i like to see how long it takes for people to notice that i've got half a beard bernie's been talking to me for about an hour didn't notice. Don't care. <laughs> you Let me see. It's because you some, like, it's some because some the, the hair on your face matches your skin color exactly. It's weird though. Some people notice like straight away. Like Michael is like, you have half a beard. It's like, yeah, I do. But you look look at me for like an hour and you. It's you because that that, that means that face. means Michael doesn't have enough work. <laughs> is that what that, that means? That, that's what it means. Basically, you says know, the guy you know, who, you know the guy who is drunk at ten thirty in the morning. <laughs> well, this is part of the work. This is part. I had to go to the drugstore and buy this and this morning and thinking, well, it's for work. How did you manage? I also charge it to the company. But um, <laughs> and I, I can't remember what the, the the rules are for buying beer in Texas. Um, but I guess it's okay now. Yeah, it no, used to be okay. You can't buy it after midnight, but when can you start buying it again? Like, right? Like, um, that's the big thing. Is like at midnight they I stop selling. This, it. I bought this like nine thirty in the morning. Why is there limits on when you can buy booze? Because people are silly. They're, I'm not sure if every state in the U.S. has that, but Texas has a history as a Baptist state. Can you buy beer on Sunday? Yes, but you cannot buy hard liquor in Texas on Sunday. <clears throat> Anywhere. No. Just, is it just closed? Like, yes. Yeah, liquor stores are closed. So what if there's liquor in a, in a supermarket? 
You, there is no liquor in a supermarket. That's the other thing about Texas. There's only, only beer stores. and wine are in the really? supermarket. Mm-hmm. Wow. Only certain stores sell liquor. Wow. But as an offshoot of that, we then have these major megaplex size liquor stores. There's one right across the street from us. Yeah. Where it's it's nothing it's but like a, liquor. They're, they're Walmart with alcohol. There are some states where the state government controls the liquor stores. That is correct. Like Utah. Washington State and Utah, I believe. Yep. Like where it's like Utah, state Utah's liquor. crazy because you go there and it's like you have superpowers because the alcohol content is reduced in the alcohol there. And so it's like you just drink and drink and drink and drink and drink and drink. Can't get drunk. Hmm. Remember when we went to Sunday? No, no, I totally agree. Deal. And uh, the, only, we had to find, the only thing that they, they didn't do that was with the wine. So I remember us trying to find wine. I would never <laughs> drink like wine. The one time you'll ever hear that sentence. <laughs> it's like we have to, we find, find, to wine find wine because it's the only thing that's not altered. I once went a place, went to a place with you, Joel, where it was like a, a drive-through fort made out of mm. beer boxes, and you like drive through yeah. it, and they just give you awesome, right? What is that called? Louisiana. <laughs> that thing was cool. A party barn. I've never seen one of those anywhere. Yeah, those are great. Yeah. I feel like a lot of states don't have that. I feel like yeah, there, yeah, there are yeah. people who've, you know, who have who've been visiting yeah. here who are like, what the hell is that? You that drive you through. You drive into it. You say, I want this. And then some guy goes and grabs it. And, and gives it, it back to you. It you never even get out of your car. Yeah. The ultimate in laziness. McDonald's could learn something from that. When I moved to Texas as a young kid, I remember that they were changing the law that you couldn't drink in your car. I re- yeah. So you couldn't be drunk, but you could drink in your car. Pun as long as you didn't go ended in 1989. <laughs> yeah. Pun ended in 1989. So you used to literally, literally be able to drink and drive. Yeah, you could drink, drink while in the car. driving. It's called open container law, but you could drink. And, like, it was a big deal because they said it was part of Texas culture to get your first beer on the way home. Oh, so you'd be drinking <laughs> on the road. Yeah. You don't hear that too much often anymore. It's that sort of one thing. Yeah. <laughs> I had a story. I told you a story, and it's like I'm not sure I can tell the story now because I've already told what the no, story. No, 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 come on, tell it. Uh, so tell me the story. Tell okay, me so um, there are koala bears in Australia. What, just in the wild? Yeah, in the wild and around or whatever, just hanging out. In a and tree. Um, so, like, there's no, a they park. manufacture them in a plant, <laughs> Gavin. By the way, they're not bears. I got yelled at. What are they? They're not bears. They're marsupials, I guess. I don't know. They're covered in fucking fur. They're fucking bears. Monty has knowledge, but uh, apparently it's like the part of like if you're if you're they call the super stars. I guess if you're on the events list for thing, so it's like they had a thing where they take you to a park, and apparently it's the only place in Australia where it's legal. To handle koalas. Fuck, this sounds awesome. Yeah, you can go Don't there. They have claws? And they yeah. give you, they have claws, they, they hand you a koala bear, <laughs> and the, the koala bear holds onto you, and you hold the koala bear, and they take pictures, and everyone has a great fucking time, and it's fantastic. Holding a koala bear. That's why fantastic. you go to Australia. That's why you go to Australia. But we were looking at this, Marshall and I were looking at this, my pick in the mic, we were looking at no, no, this, and we, we discovered that it's illegal to do that. Everywhere else in Australia, well, like law, like you'll be arrested. Like law, it's illegal to do that, except for in this one region. It's like no, it's like the Gold Coast is like the Vegas of Australia. It's like, it's like where Mad Max like, happened. No, no rules. No rules. And we're thinking, well, wait, I mean, that's got to be if it's illegal and all the other. There's got to be. That's probably we shouldn't do that. There's got to be a reason why. Yeah. Right. That's right. I'm strange. more concerned that when you throw out all laws, the first thing you do is hug a koala. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the forbidden fruit, right? You, you really want to get me a koala bear? <laughs> really I need nice. a hug exactly. right now. <laughs> well, apparently the koala bears have been hugging each other a lot because they all have chlamydia. 
Get out of here. All the koalas have chlamydia. It's a big fucking problem, apparently. Oh, what all is chlamydia? Chlamydia is a I'll sexually show you later. transmission <laughs> sexually who transmission did, disease. Who did the koala bears get chlamydia from? Well, Marshall and I looked at each other and thought, <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We don't need to do this. We're just not going to go on this. We're not. I don't need to handle a koala bear. I don't need to Dude, hold a koala bear. If you we did, don't need to do this. If you got chlamydia from a koala bear, though, that'd be a cool story. No, it wouldn't. Well, it's no, funny that you cool. say that. Very pretty cool. Well, there's no symptoms, right, for guys? What's when we, that? When we were in Melbourne, and we got a, we had to get a cab back from the event, we got this grizzled old taxi driver, and the taxi driver was like, uh, you can't go by the casino because that one Is boy that band... That's, yeah, kind of <laughs> grizzled. I don't know where it's from. Ah, there's that one boy band, One Direction, is playing there. She can't go anywhere near there. And we're like, oh, that's, that's weird, One Direction. And then we got to Gold Coast. They were there, too. And um, so help me God, Friday, the next day, I opened up my web browser, and there it is. There's a headline. Member of One Direction gets chlamydia <laughs> from handling a koala bear. Real no shit. Unbelievable. Ben will be devastated. He loves One Direction. Unbelievable. Did he yeah. really get chlamydia? Well, that's what the headline. I have this. I have it. I, I, what, I, what, what, was, what was the headline? Do you have it there? Like, can you read it? I have it. It says, Koala Chlamydia. One Direction boy band member fear... Well, boy band members fear infection. <laughs> the koala took a pee on him. Oh, and geez. now they're worried. You have to pay extra for that? I <laughs> don't know. included in the base package. <laughs> There's reasons for laws. He there are the, reasons for laws. So did the pee just seep through his skin, or did he go in his I, mouth? I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently he didn't know how to hold it correctly, and he just hold it up right to his face. And just, oh, God. He's like, crunch the face open. level. How do I hold it? With my tongue? I don't know. <laughs> so does he really have it, or does he just fear that he has it? One Direction was really inspired by Chuck Berry. <laughs> that's that's wow. a reference. If you get that reference, yeah, yeah. did Chuck Berry have chlamydia? No, Chuck Berry had a series of videos of pee videos that were leaked at one point. It leaked. Choice <laughs> 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 of words. What do you mean pee videos? Wait, 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 wait. When was this? I want to make sure I have the right rock legend. Before I, I don't I start. think you have the right. Are you talking about R. Kelly? Because oh, it seems more topical. No, or is it? Um, I thought he was the kids. No, it's, it's Jerry. No, what's that guy's name? Jerry Lee Lewis. He, he, he married That's the guy his who married his cousin and peed on him. No. What the fuck? I'm just making shit up now. Bernie's <laughs> um, just looking at his web browser, no, cackling no, over there. I love Google when it, you go to type in things. You want to do my fact checking. I type in Chuck Berry. What is Chuck Berry? Chuck Berry guitar. Chuck Berry rock and roll. Chuck Berry piss party. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess that pretty much that, confirms this it. This is from yougo.com. Chuck Berry's piss party, the man widely regarded as the single most influential uh, force on, of early rock and roll. Has had a tumultuous life. Chuck Berry was not just an enormous innovator of guitar <laughs> techniques, but also of crime, performing one of the first recorded carjackings in 1944. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Innovator. Yeah. <laughs> Berry would also go to jail for transporting an underage waitress across state lines in 1959. This guy gets more awesome the more I read this. But the so other... Again, fun died in 1989. <laughs> yeah. For it. That's what, that's what rock and roll was about back then. So I'm curious to know what year this supposed piss party happened. Because like, did he put it like, did he <laughs> set up a film it? camera? Like, was how yeah. much effort? Here it is. But the other king of rock's most enduring scandal lies in the form of an innocent little video cassette, endlessly duplicated and distributed in the underground, which purports to show Barry urinating on a young girl in a hotel bathtub. Back then, <laughs> wow. how do you get caught for anything? Yeah. Like back then, how do you get caught for anything? It seems like you could do anything at any time, and there's no. 
history, recorded history. Of. Like, I, like, and especially if it was filmed. Like, I don't know if it was a video cassette. Maybe it was later when he had VHS or something. But if you're going to do that, like in the fifties, to set up like I don't know an eight millimeter camera and be like, all right, we're going to get this all set up. We've got you know so many minutes of film. Go. Like that must it was a lot more effort back then. I was like, oh, I'm just going to record this on my phone. Yeah. And now his measured legacy at this point is his fourth entry is Pea Party on Google. That's pretty much what your legacy is going to be, right? All right, here, i got to read another little blurb here. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by Twitch.tv, <laughs> the world's largest video game broadcasting chat community. Twitch.tv features video from the top gaming personalities, players, tournaments, leagues, and commentary, in addition to the most active and interesting discussions around video games. One channel to consider is the Mega64 Podcast. To get started discovering awesome games of players, check out twitch.tv. What a great segue into that I, read. I like the idea now of someone at Twitch TV showing someone else to Twitch TV, look what Rooster Podcast said about us. Uh, and they queue it up and it just is like piss party. There's like a billion live stream puns running through my head wow. right now. <laughs> <laughs> that. Don't cross the streams. Um, we're going to be, when we start doing our live video podcast, we're going to be streaming it on Twitch. We have That's a- where we did the uh, Left 4 Dead playthrough a couple weeks ago. What is our Twitch account? Uh, RT Podcast. Okay, nice. So there's the only thing on there right now is the Left 4 Dead playthrough we did a couple weeks ago. But uh, once we get our our uh, set built and set oh, up, then we'll, uh, cool, we'll start cool. doing some streaming there. Some asshole took twitch.tv slash Monty Ohm. As if they... Maybe there's another... It's the same guy. Maybe there's another Monty. No, no. Same guy who took Halo. Maybe it's, maybe it's you uh, from the future. <laughs> like, directly after I made Haloid, MontyOhm.com just got bought. Instantly, I gotta go to Montyome.com. I don't know what, what it is. If you release any more videos and you have a title for them before you release them, you gotta oh, do your due diligence. That is good, we, that we, is good advice because yeah. I just came up with a really good idea, Bernie. That I have to tell you about later. We have one of our domains is laps is going to be lapsing they, this summer, and I, I just sent out an they, email to some people asking if we should renew it or aren't not. Are they changing a lot of that where you can buy .co's and .whatever now? Yeah, there's like a million of them. I mean, that's that's I mean, that's really going to diffract a lot of the. I don't know. I don't like think that shit matters. That shit might matter no. eventually. Any, all anyone cares about is .com. We're right now. Do you still have dickfartvaginabutt.com? Yeah. Nice. The, uh, why why wouldn't I? <laughs> also, I mean, a lot of that stuff is going away anyway because most people – there's a lot of people who think that the web is dead. There's no such thing as .coms anymore. You just get your Facebook page and you get your Twitter account. Well, I yeah, think but what's, what's, what's happening is the, the, the web's retracting. Like, you know, I don't know if – I'm, I'm sure you remember when the web – or when my – when people's first experiences with the internet happened in the early 90s, it was through a service like AOL where you would dial into the service and it was kind of a walled experience where right. you would get your news in there, your chat, it's like your email. portal through Facebook now? Is well, that what we're now everyone's portal through mobile apps on their phone. Oh, okay. Where it's like you don't actually visit a website, you just look at an app, which is an encapsulated experience. Uh-huh. So I think that, that that's what's happening. No one's going to care about the web. It's just going to be app-driven. I you're going to have apps on your laptop. Have you you're ev- going to have apps on your phone. You ever watch an old person use the internet? <laughs> yes, you want to oh. stab yourself. Yes. Have it. you ever watched an old person try and check in at the airport? The, one of those that's how I feel machines. when I watch other people's com- computers in general. No one's fast enough. <laughs> Monty came in and uh, he was stood behind me for a while. This is probably a few months ago, and he was like, "I was like, oh, hey Monty, what are you doing?" He's just like, "I'm just watching you work inefficiently." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I was looking up. We had a discussion today about registering domain names and letting domain names expire. And so obviously. We have some domain names that are very important, like if roosterteeth.com expired. I know mm-hmm. what you're going to talk about. Kind of a big deal. <laughs> so, I, so I was talking with you, Gavin, I was talking yeah. about it today. So we have <laughs> redversusblue.com is registered right now 
through January 30th of 2018. Okay. And as I'm talking about this, I'll push it out to like as far as I can, which will probably be future proof. 2022 22, at yeah. this point. And Arusha TV currently have registered through July 8th, 2019. So that's a far. So I think we do ten years out as far as we can mm-hmm. do. Did you register those both at the same time? Uh, no, no, because no, Rooster T- wasn't Rooster Teeth didn't exist before Red versus Blue. That is correct because it's based off Cockbite. But yeah. why did, how did nobody take it? Because we didn't say anything about Rooster Teeth at first. I don't know. I have to go back. I don't know the history how, of when yeah, I registered. Yeah, how did they know about it's like your guys are deciding a company name? You're the, like, the, the first episode had the no. It said Red versus Blue dot com. No, it actually, had the Rooster Teeth logo. Yeah, no. It, I would have registered it as soon as we as soon as Rooster went up. On the internet, I would have registered it before that because yeah. I'm so we we, we, we come from that background. You're Dustin, I do. You're very good about that. We're used to stuff being. Grabbed. You probably registered Red versus Blue when you made the initial trailer. Yeah, in like August, the of summer before, and then two when the when the episode finally started coming out, you probably registered Rooster Teeth. And I will register domain names for stuff we just mentioned in a video. Like I have some Halo related ones. Like you just you just registered Qualo. I get Actually.com.au. Yeah, yeah. But the uh, um, like, I have some ones from Halo videos that we did, and I just went out and grabbed them. Like, I have some Bungie and Halo related domains because once you publish, like, even a joke domain, what I'm always worried about is like, oh, we have a funny thing like whatever dot com presidential just, sluts. That's a great example. So if we if we mention it in a video, we have to register it because the last thing I want is a URL in one of our videos that then turns into a porn site. Yeah, you know, and people end up going to it. Presidentialsluts dot com <laughs> is actually one that was you know yeah. that. But then I know somebody else out there will grab it if it. it it occurs. So, what is the mentality there? Like, they think they're going to get views off of your well, reference. I yes. would love an AMA from somebody who does that. Like, what? What is the revenue on a parked website? Mm, like, the, what? Do they, what? How much money do they actually make from the ads on there? Yep. Because hmm. it, it never seems like they're quality ads. It's just but like puts really shitty on, Google ads. Who puts the ads on unregistered websites? Like, are they all pre-bought by a company and then you buy from that company, or are they just loose <clears> in the world? Like you how just, does it you, work? You just because I mean, you could buy any unpurchased URL from any company, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like it's still up in the air. Yeah, typically, you register like a Google AdSense account or something, and you, they just put whatever excess inventory they have on there. Right. So that's why it's always like really crappy ads on there, or ads by Google with all the O's. Right. <laughs> I've never. Who, who is Google <laughs> <laughs> with no all idea. those O's? I've never. I've never been there. So you could you could trademark your name, Monty, and then make a case that you have the trademark for Monty Elm and go grab all your stuff. Maybe I'll do that. Uh, you, you might not even need to do that with a or you can your personal your name. name to Harold. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't getting a trademark take a long time though? Or you can change to Monty. Ooh, I, <laughs> I hate thinking about this stuff. Trademark what? does take a while. Actually, actually, a registered trademark takes a while. A trademark really doesn't take like the TM mm-hmm. is different than the R with the circle. What's the difference? So TM, I think you can just do like copyrights like that too. And the others like years. Yeah, you have to get registered with the government. You have to prove like you have to put your. We did this with Rushi. You have to put the Rushi logo out there. Um, I'm not sure if I'm allowed to say it, uh, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. So we put it out there, and we actually got a rejection uh, for our registered trademark. We had to come back and you know fight it. That we initially were rejected because somebody complained about the rooster on clothing uh, that we were going to put on T-shirts and things like that. That was their um, – they want to avoid brand confusion or they, they were trademark confusion. Mm-hmm. And so there was another clothing uh-huh. company called uh, – you might know them, Lecoq Sportif. 
Yeah. They're the, yeah, they have the, the rooster. with the rooster in it. Yeah, and they have a rooster on clothing, and they automatically rejected. They said, nope, this is infringes on our trademark, and we fought it and showed Well, we should difference. just include an alligator. Yeah. In ours, and then that would fix the problem. <laughs> but I've seen our logo used and stolen by oh, other people. You know? I've seen that, too. There was a clothing manufacturer that was using our rooster. And I guess they tried to claim that it was just like a clip art rooster they were using, but we know the guy that yeah. drew it. Whereas you know? the first Rooster Teeth logo was like Google image search. Totally. It was, yeah. like, a, <laughs> it was like a metallic rooster. and From a weather van. Yeah, yeah and, and like shattering teeth. teeth. I think you can still just find them on Google. They're just still there. Yeah, it was like episodes one through six, and then I, I said we need to actually have a real logo for our Didn't company. Didn't you use those again recently? Weren't those on the Halo 4 announcement date video? I doubt it. D- no, we didn't. No, no. no. we wouldn't use it for oh, that. Oh, no, it was on the, the tr- uh, on the teaser we showed. The teaser was the flaming yeah. rooster. Yeah. We might have shown the original one, yeah. Does the name Rooster Teeth ever make it difficult for you to do anything that isn't comedy? The the, the brand name Rooster Teeth, it's interesting. I mean, we've talked about the, the brand name in general, um, you know, because it it's, it's kind of an inside joke in a way. Yeah, yeah. Not in a way it is. You know, it started that way. But it's one of those things, once you became known for it, it, it just established what your brand is. I think that brands tend to transcend their meaning. Like, I never think about what the word Amazon means when I go to Amazon.com. Uh, yeah, yeah. Amazon is just a place where I go to get to get you know books or get whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, I buy everything through Amazon. I, but do you, I, what do you think of when you say Amazon? Like, do you think of a tall woman or do you think of a river? I think a river. See, I think of a tall woman. Why? Am- Amazonian. Really, why? Do you really answer that question? Why? Is that what that is? Amazonian woman. <laughs> Oh, I see. God. Anyway. So when I say, when I say, do you really not know that? Do you really, you didn't know the Amazons? Like if I say, it's a tribe of Amazons. I mean, surely at the very least you've seen the episode of Futurama. No. Do you know who Wonder Woman is? Wonder Woman is Amazonian. She's a, she's Amazon. All right. She's she's tall. But, uh, do you ever feel like, uh, uh, even, even with branding, Bernie, though, like just, just the way our logo looks, you know, a, a rooster and a chattering teeth just feels inherently comedic. You know, uh, so we are actually doing. We're in the middle of producing some non-comedic exactly, material right exactly. now, and I, I am thinking about that again. You like, go to like the people who go to the. Com- I don't like, think I don't think it matters. Yeah, okay. no. We might change the way we, we. I think there's a history of entertainment companies that have had logos like that. It's on for three seconds, or in and out. Your, I mean, the fact that it has some sort of weight or meaning to the audience, I think, is like I mean, good. When, when I see the DreamWorks logo, or I see you know Pixar, you know, it just it just it just tells me like I know what their company does. What, if, what so, about like something like Bad Robot, where it's just like that? That's a good point. Kind of yeah. like quirky looking little robot that runs through the field and like stops and looks into right. it. But that one has like almost like it's both kind of innocent and dark. You know, it does two things at once, so they can kind of do both. I feel, I feel like they changed the coloring on it, though. Like when they started doing movies, they made it like a little darker. Oh, they might and have, that, yeah. that kind of portrays that's true, that. That's true. The logos have evolved, right? Mm-hmm. You have to be careful with registered trademarks, though, because... <laughs> The spacing and everything is actually set. Mm-hmm. So when you change it, you've got to go back and re-register the trademark, which can take a well, couple years. Well, when you years. change wow. the logo physically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. For, to, for it to be a registered trademark, yeah. So have you thought about just the just, just the, our logo and company name in general in, in regards <coughs> to this new stuff that we're trying to put out? So like for the non-comedic thing that we're working on right now, um, we just might not use the logo. You know, we just use the name of the company, but not. Oh, use you know the what? Name. I've seen that done too. Yeah, yeah. And then you just you know present it that way, and at the end, like at the end of the credits, then, Rooster Teeth. Or, just, I don't know well, why. So, I see some, Rooster, the Rooster, some of the registered movie videos are like that, where it just says Rooster Teeth presents yeah, at the beginning. I was going to say it's like the, just the two lines either side of Rooster Teeth. Yeah, I think when we start doing uh, maybe some reconstruction stuff, we mm-hmm. do it that way. And some of the trailers are like that too. But um, we had a chance at one point to reg- to purchase RVB.com, mm. which is a three letter domain name. And I thought that was really important because I was like, it was a big deal to get 
a three-letter domain name. There was always this talk that there was no two letters and no one letter What, you domains. can't get a two-letter? They would not allow them. Do they exist? Yes. Okay. Oh, like XE.com and stuff. Yeah, PayPal.com was X.com. Mm-hmm. And I recently met wow. the guy who owns XE.com. Yeah. Because um, he funds a lot of web series. And he was talking about that. He was he was told when he registered XE that no one-letter domain names were allowed. And he was pissed because uh, PayPal got X.com. How did they get a hold of that? I have no idea. I have no idea. It's just early days of land grab. Those things all went really fast. And then when we were doing it, well, I didn't realize PayPal was that old. I guess it. I PayPal, PayPal started in like '98, I think. Good God! So yeah. what happened to RVB.com? So I thought this was really important. I said, "Hey, we got a chance to buy RVB.com." It was twenty-five thousand dollars, and this was probably about uh, three years ago. It was longer than that, was it? I thought it was. Oh God, I want to say it was '05. Was it? No, no, no. It was. It was a little because we were pretty well established as RVB. So, and it, but it wasn't really. It was related to Red vs. Blue. It wasn't related to Rooster Teeth. So the discussion was: Do we want to spend all this money to have a really cool domain name, but it's still tied to one of our shows? Right. You know, even though it's you know, you know, arguably our flagship show. Uh, but now RVB.com. It's funny. I just went to it. It goes to a YouTube. Uh, when you go to it, it goes to a YouTube channel. It really? plays a sexy Mandarin video. What? So, yeah. That, was what, that sexy Mandarin days. has a lot of money. But, you know, people convinced me, no, that it was not worth $25,000. Yeah, I don't know if URLs yeah. are, are worth it anymore. I don't that, know. That's I mean, if, if, if you're Sears.com, okay, if you're Sears, okay, that makes sense, I yeah. guess. But it's like, otherwise, I don't know if URLs hold the weight anymore. You know, mm-hmm. people enter a URL one, if once, maybe. You know, if they really like the site, then they mm-hmm. bookmark it. You never look at it again. I don't know. That's true. Do, like, do you use bookmarks? Yeah. Also, the, these well, days, the browse like if if your if your browser's smart enough, you just t- type vaguely the word. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's what I do. That's yeah. yeah. It's just I, a, a, I, like, I type in the general yeah. direction, and I end up there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just it's still a symbol of like it's a symbol of status still there. Like if you see someone who's got a dot net or dot org, you're just you're like, you know, yeah, not as impressed by what their company does. Okay, so here's the here's the especially if it's facebook.com. Or 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 like if they have. Uh, if, you can tell someone's a late adopter too, because like on Twitter, they have like the real James Earl Jones, you know, or something yeah. like that. Not they don't have James Earl Jones, <laughs> yeah. right? Which why does the Twitter give people the, their names? That's what I don't understand. I was actually an early adopter on Twitter. I have the at Bernie account. It's just oh. at Bernie. Well, you should. Why didn't you use, use that one? I, I because at Bernie Burns, it felt like you know because uh, my all my everything everything else because no Burns. one ever no one ever says Brad. They say Brad Pitt. You know? Sure, it just felt like it felt like better to have Bernie Burns. It just felt like a better idea to start using that. If account. you get to the point where you're just your share, I yeah. don't know. Yeah. But do we want to be share? I think when I when I joined Twitter, I tried to get Gus and I couldn't. I I joined the Rooster Teeth website early enough that I actually got Monty. We didn't have to change it. I was just Monty. Nice. Yep. So you've had the same username the whole for like nine, nine years now, eight years. And I got that bastard asshole. No problem. <laughs> I got it like for. <laughs> No one had taken it. <laughs> we were saving it for you, Joel. Thanks. Gus, you're one of the few members of roosterteeth.com who never changed their username. Mm-mm. Well, I was user number three, so I got to get my pick. Of yeah, one everyone one. else picked different names and then changed them. Oh. Like. Well, Gus is easy. It's like a three letter. It's. I feel like there's no. Well, I'm sitting in the room right now with Busby and Joe Act. Yeah. Yeah, it's originally Busby. Who are now Bernie and Joel. You're Joel now, right? Or are you still Joel? Yeah. 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 I just figured Gus was really easy. Three letters, yeah. Gus. Yeah. Hard to misspell unless you're taking my fucking name to put me on the list to get a table at a restaurant. Then it's Gus with two S's. Well, no matter what your name is, like when you go to a restaurant, it's always like Joel Porter. You know, no matter. You always hear Joel. Speaking of which, I went to that restaurant. Made me think about this. I went to that restaurant in San Antonio this week in Lulu's, the place with the three pound cinnamon buns. Have you seen this place? Holy shit! It was on Man vs. Food. And Flash told me about him. Yeah, and uh, what's the over under of that guy dying? 
<laughs> never mind. Go ahead. And uh, I will never go back there again. Why? Because I got there. Like, we drove, you know, like an hour or whatever to get there. Uh, we got there, like, at 1230. I put my name on the list. It took me an hour and 45 minutes to get a fucking table. Nope. Can't do it. Yeah. No. Can't. I was like, no. Thank no, you. No, I'll never go back. The cinnamon bun was huge, but it's like... It's a huge was it, was it you, Gus, who said that when we go to events, you go to the most expensive restaurant because there's no way? Bernie pointed that out. But yeah, because yeah. I saw the credit card bills. Oh, okay. I, I, so anyway, the cinnamon <laughs> bun. <laughs> deflect, deflect, deflect. Listen, I don't judge. I don't really have a lot of judgment of the employees, but I'll tell you what. There is this thing that happens once a month, and that is we get the credit card statement. And Yvonne, who is our vice president of operations, she recently promoted. Congratulations, Yvonne. She sends out the credit card statement, and we all have to go through and update our charges. And I'll see, like, my section, Bernie, is, like, four charges. And then Joel's, like, eight charges. You know, Matt's, like, 15. <laughs> and then fucking Gus is, like, 8,000 charges. I know. This, like, I, I, every month I look at that, too. I'm like, my, the number of lines I have is, like, everyone else is added together times five. It is <laughs> amazing. God. You were like, so, what is it? You have a problem. Is it, like... Coffee, coffee, coffee. No, no, no. It's like it's like lots of equipment and oh, travel. Okay. So like you, that, we, we just went through packs and right, stuff right. like that. So it's just like tons of shit for I, that. I prescribed to that the restaurant thing because at, when we were at Pax East, I was like, I'm going to get the most expensive lobster possible. <laughs> <laughs> I, lo- I like well, when we had that meeting and you were like, hey, that red light on that thing went off. That's going to be a credit card charge. Oh, right. <laughs> But the amount you have, it's like eight a day. I mean, it's like, I just when you break it down by this a month period and you divide Gus's lines, yeah. and think, I, if I had to get on my credit card eight times a day, I'd be like, something's going wrong. But you just memorize it. Do you, do, you, do you have your credit yeah. card numbers memorized? Yeah. So do I. Really? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't, that freaked my wife out when we first got married, but I never have to grab my wallet because I know all of my credit card numbers, the CIDs, the expiration dates. I'm the same way. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, don't want to spend money that fast. I mean, just in my own personal life. That makes I sense. I don't want to know. Do you know, know what's dumb about this country? You can spend money on someone else's credit card. How can you spend money well, you can. on someone it's else's true. credit card? Well, like, Faith just got her card stolen, and then someone was like, like, spent like 600 bucks on a card immediately. It's, it's, in the UK, chip and pin on every purchase. There's no swipe they, and sign. In Australia, they were very, very structured about it. And it's like, I, I, there was a whole process. Well, it's like, it they wouldn't even hand me the card back. It doesn't make any sense that you're signing... I mean, what does that do? What are you signing? Someone in London where we went for MCM, I, like, I tried to buy some food for us in the booth. So I walked up to the place. I told him what I wanted. I gave him my credit card, and he would not take it because it wasn't chip and pin. Well, yeah. It's, it's, you could be using he was someone's like, card. He, he was like, how do I, t- how do, I do this? Yeah, I was like, just swipe it. At swipe it and give me my day, fucking food. What you're saying is crimes are easy to commit. And you know what? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes, they are. Crimes are easy to it commit. It seems ridiculous that you can use someone else's card without having to know any number. It, 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 it seems awesome. It's just, it's <laughs> what, about, just, what about the I, internet? I didn't know. I, didn't, I wasn't what? aware. So, like, for chip and pin. Like, let's say I stole your chip and pin card and I went to Amazon and made purchases. How would Amazon authenticate the pin? Well, that's the thing. You don't you have a number pin with, because the pin is something you remember. A lot of, a lot of companies Whereas, have a, a well, No, no. I'm, I'm curious about this checkout process. Oh, okay. Does it ask for it? Well, or like, could I just use the number and buy it online? With my credit card, when I try and buy something online, it will go through the, the checkout of that mm-hmm. website, and then it will take me to my uh, bank's thing. Oh, fuck that. I hate that shit. And then no, it's no. like, I wasn't, done. I wasn't putting my pin. I, didn't, I wasn't aware of this until Gavin came here, came here, and Bernie points it out constantly, but I guess there's like a more protectionist mentality. F-POS. Right? <laughs> Is that what it's called? F-POS? Is that what it's called? I just like watching 
uh, Americans put their cards into our machines because they put them in and take them out immediately, and the machine's like, because like, oh, not the motor in that, there, right? Because you're, you're not you're not swiping. So what what it'll do is you'll put your card in, it'll read the chip, and it'll hold your card. But if you pull it out, like just before it holds it, the machine just gets really confused. And I just like watching America just go like, and it's like. That nothing's happening with you. need team. a hobby. <laughs> That's his <laughs> hobby. Watching, yeah. watching Americans use the Watching bumbling and shaving half his beard off. <laughs> yeah, Monty, in, in, in general, in the UK, there's a, a higher degree of protectionism. Also, there's privacy doesn't seem to be as big a deal in the you UK. You still have privacy, just not in public. <laughs> <laughs> but like, why don't you want to, what were you going to do in public that you wouldn't. I mean. There's no cameras in your home. They see, the cameras is the big thing that we talk about. There's right. cameras all over the place in the UK, and there's people that run them. They, they're manned cameras. Mm. So they, L- they can- London, the entire economy of London is based off of drunk people videos <laughs> that they're able to capture <laughs> and put out into the world economy because they have the, I the love cameras the, are running all the time. That dude's journey was followed all the way home. You could see every <laughs> yeah, step of his bumbling face ground <laughs> journey. That's worth it. That's worth it. <laughs> when, when civilization collapses and Ian from now, an alien race or a future race on Earth Fine. finds our culture underground. The way they're going to document everything that happened in our culture is from UK CCTV videos, archives, or it's going to be entirely reconstructed from dashboard cams in Russia. Why <laughs> does everyone in Russia own a dashboard cam? I don't cam? know. Did you see that one of the guy? Thank you. Of the guy with the, where it's like pointing at him, it's not pointing out. He's just got one arm on the other seat. He's just driving along this, and all of a sudden it's like, and because the camera's fixed to the car, you just see him like hit the side of the car and then be on the ceiling, and then he, around. he ends up in the back seat upside down. I've seen that. That's awesome. The best please, video. And, please send that to me. And the thing is, you see him because I think he fell asleep or he, he, he drunk fell or asleep, and uh, you see him wake up. And not, my reaction, if I woke up driving, would probably be to put both hands on the wheel and try and correct. He had one arm over the seat, and he wakes up, and he keeps going with one arm. He's like, ooh, and he leaves <laughs> it up. My, fav- <laughs> my funniest reaction. My current favorite is the dash cam where the guy's driving. Then he stops for a pedestrian, and the pedestrian kind of throws himself on the hood to make it look like he got hit by the car. <laughs> I haven't seen that one. <laughs> what was the one where the dude Well, now ate- we know why they all have dashboard cams. <laughs> what was the one where the dude, so. the cop was emptying the guy's pockets on the hood, and then the dude ate some evidence? Oh, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> That guy is dedicated. I mean, (laughs) he did not let the situation get him down. He was like, okay, I've got to deal with this. This is my moment. <laughs> so I need, I need I need to catch up on all these. So things. they got him on the hood of the car, of the cop car. So he's facing the dash cam, and, uh-huh. and they're emptying his pockets in front of him. Uh-huh. And they like got him leaned over, and one of the things they pull out it was, was like a ball of heroin or something. A hold up note. Oh, a hold up. Note. And he sees the piece of paper; it's right in front of him. And so he's just sitting there, and he just casually leans down <laughs> and eats the hold up. That's awesome. He's awesome, dude. <laughs> I love that guy. That guy awesome. If I was a judge, I'd be like. Okay, you get you can get out of jail. I, I can just imagine him looking down, just thinking, "Well, that's incriminating." <laughs> I'm I, I'd down. like to hear that testimony in court. I'm, I'm great like, at bobbing for apples. I'm Your Honor, down. I was very hungry. Yeah. I'm <laughs> I have not eaten. This I'm hypoglycemic. <laughs> I needed to get some food. That was my special sugar. So I'm gonna show, I'm gonna show Joel this video from the guy crashing that Gavin was talking about. We'll put him linked up. All right. I love this so much. Well, already this guy looks awesome. This guy's made for comedy. <laughs> This is the guy who falls asleep and rolls the car? Yep. <laughs> Man, I just couldn't imagine what it would be like to wake wake up 
and just be in a crash while you're waking up. Like, <laughs> Have I ever told you about the stupid thing I did when I was really tired and driving to Houston one time? I was driving to Houston. I used to own this old, like, 1985 Isuzu pickup truck, like one of those tiny, shitty trucks. And uh, I remember that thing. It was a manual transmission. So I was driving with a friend of mine to go down to Houston to visit Frank. And uh, I was really tired. I hadn't slept the night before. My friend didn't know how to drive a manual transmission, so I had to drive. So we're on 71, like out in the middle of nowhere, past Smithville. And uh, I'm really tired. I tell my friend, hey, if I close my... <laughs> I can't believe I did this. I'm, I'm driving. I'm like, if, if I, I close, close my, my eyes, eyes can, can you hold the steering wheel <laughs> wow. and drive us? And he's like, yeah, sure, okay. So like, I put my head down and I like, kind of doze off with my feet on the pedal still. And then, so my eyes and he, closed. And he was cool. And he was cool doing he was that. like, yeah, no problem. And then just like, because I was nervous, I, like, I kind of opened my eyes and looked up and looked over at him, and he had fallen asleep <laughs> on the wheel, reached over. I was like, what the fuck are you doing? So I woke up to like, my foot on the gas just going fucking down the highway. God, you're like Pineapple Express. Yeah, but Jesus. Supposedly, whenever you... I should you, have died. Whenever you like... You might be dead. Okay. <laughs> Maybe you are dead. But supposedly, whenever you sort of nod off and just... Suddenly wake yourself up. You've been asleep for at least six seconds, even if it feels like you just shut your eyes. Really? That's pretty scary, right? Six seconds done, of driving. I've done the drive from LA to Dallas probably about How 10, long is that 15 drive? times. Well, I've done it in 19 hours, which is, okay. I think, pretty Is that you in your car I've done it, gunning it? I've done it everywhere from 19 hours to 27 hours, okay. you know, so there's some great... You know, flexibility in there. But yeah, it's like you've definitely had those moments, you know, where you're just, I am so tired and yeah. comfortable right now. Is there anywhere to stop? I've, you had this conversation in yourself where it's like, yeah, I'm just okay. going to close one eye. But I was going I'm just going to close one eye. <laughs> I'm going to no, put my half my brain asleep. You have this conversation with yourself where it's just like you get caught up in how comfortable See, you are. Is, I feel like if I was sleepy, like let's say like later tonight at midnight or whatever, right? Uh, if I was tired, if I was like, I'm going to go to sleep, and I went to my car, and I sat, like, just parked in my driveway. If I sat in my car and tried to sleep, I don't think I could fall asleep just sitting in my car. Yeah, but I can fall asleep a lot of places, but I feel like sitting up like that is just weird. But, unless well, moving. if I'm in an airplane, it's, I cannot, it's not possible for me to sleep. So. Did you sleep at all on the trip to and from Australia this time? Joel, that is baffling. How is that possible? Very bad, what yeah. What do you do? Just watch, like, nine movies. I, 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 I fidget. A lot. It's a lot of fidgeting. You're basically. fidgeting right now. We're not flying. <laughs> and it's basically just like it becomes a conversation where it's like, if I get up, am I going to bother yeah. that guy who's sitting next to me? Mm-hmm. No. If I was that, if I was awake for an entire Australian flight, it's awful. I would have to kill at least one person. You know what I did? Just to make it by. Is I watched The Walking Dead. Oh, yeah. All the way to Australia. I watched it. I watched the whole series. And, what and then I got there. Yeah. I was sitting at the table. And this little kid walks up to the table. And he's like, hey. I'm a huge fan of you guys. And it was the kid from Walking Dead. It was Carl? It was Carl. Wow. And I was like, oh my God, Carl, you're out of the house. Get back in the house. If I met Carl in person, I would grab him by the front of his shirt and go, get in the fucking house. It was great. He was awesome. He's like a big fan. I gave him a a zombie shirt, zombie plant shirt. It was awesome. awesome. Yeah. I met met the, the Harry Potter twins also. Harry and, Potter uh, twins? The, the, the two Ron's older twins. brother. Yeah. Uh, the two, uh, it's a long story. She was Mike, like, but they have huge, chlamydia now. She's like, tee Joel, I'm a huge fan of the Harry Potter twins. tee will you please give them this note in the green room? And I'm like, no, I'm not going to give them the note. I'm not going to do that. tee will you please give them the note? And it's like, I'm not. All right, let me see the note. No, you can't read the note. You can't read the note. I'm like, I'm not going to give them the note. You're not going to read the note. No, you can't read the note. And basically, it was like a note about a band. You read, I read the note. You sc- <laughs> <laughs> I read the note. Not only did you read the note, you're repeating in front of millions of people. <laughs> she has a boyfriend. She can't be passing tee notes to the 
Who's Harry this? Potter twins? She, who who she, we Joel, about? she absolutely can. That's totally she, mine. No, she hates me for it. But Wait, it's I who did is this? Who, who are we talking about? Yeah. Uh, oh. Uh, yeah. yeah. We gotta cut that. Yeah, we, we, we should beat the name. No, <laughs> Lindsay. No. She doesn't mind. It was just, it was a, she, it was a totally Yeah, she doesn't mind. You, you can't read it, but There's millions no. of people can listen. And uh, I also met a, uh, a a big comedian who, I don't remember who he is at all. Big but fat he, or big famous? Big famous comedian. Okay. Don't know who he is. What was his name? I don't know. But he <laughs> met, you know who he met? He met Ivan Stravinsky. <laughs> <laughs> I met a famous guy who met a famous person. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my god! I think you Unbelievable! Killed, you killed Bernie. I, I met a guy. I don't know who he is. What's his name? Maybe we can figure it out. <laughs> we know his name, then we can figure out who he is. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe we can figure out who he is. Oh, jeez. Bernie is so red. Bernie is so red. Why is so red? <laughs> <laughs> With this podcast, even if we know someone's name, we're probably not going to figure God, I hope that vein doesn't burst in your forehead. <laughs> that was pretty stupid. I killed Bunny again. We, uh... <laughs> oh my god. What's <laughs> <laughs> You totally have derailed the podcast. Oh, I'm, I'm, sorry, I'm, sorry, I'm, I'm sorry. You derailed my story. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, uh, too drunk, I'm too drunk now to get back on track. Was there a truck? You met a comedian. And, yeah. I forgot. <laughs> okay. But it was a funny story. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> I met a lot of people. So I feel like it, when we used to go down to those, like, I haven't been down to Australia or New Zealand for a while for one of those events, but I feel like every time I would go down there, I was always staying in the same hotel with like Jewel State and uh, what's her name the the consort from Firefly. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. <coughs> Who yeah. is also the lead the, alien in V? Yeah, I, I talked to her. Oh, did you? I talked to her a lot. So what? she's still down there. Does she's she live down, down there? there? I don't know. Well, apparently she's from Brazil. I got oh, that really explains drunk. a lot. Yeah, I, I got really drunk and I flailed at her. Because what? You flailed at her? Did you try to hit her? I verbally... No, no, I verbally flailed at her. Oh, okay. okay. I didn't physically flail at her. I verbally flailed How do you her. verbally flail? Well, you walk up to her and you go, Hey! <laughs> are you from Brazil? <laughs> and she goes, Yeah! And then I... So she flailed back. No. I actually, she was, she was very... She was very, like, poignant and uh, dignified and poised. And I was just a drunk guy. <laughs> she, her panel was after our panel. Uh, and so uh, she came back. I had, a, I had like, uh, I offered her a warm beer for my... <laughs> For my backpack. What a gentleman. What a gentleman. <laughs> and uh, she was like, what do you do for a living? And I'm like, are you from Brazil? She's like, yeah, I'm from Brazil. You she, covered she's so, the thing is, they've done studies, right? Where if you're around an attractive woman, your IQ drops. Yeah, is that true? I, they did actually they did a study Bernie, with boobs. But they have done studies. <laughs> they've done studies. The government. Joel, this is where when you're around a how woman. Many, how, how many beers have you had so far? He's, like, he's only on his third. Hey, Joel, how many pretty women are in the room right now? <laughs> it is true, though, that no, like, really hot woman could be into guys. Because every guy's like... We, we, we talked about this yeah. the other day with Angry Boobs, who works at that place. We, we talked about that. She's but not that hot. She's, she is, Joel. Your Dude, opinion, if you, if you, met, if you met the girl 
from Firefly. Okay. She will like, she's like a but punch like, in the fucking who's, face. Who's Angry Birds? The girl who worked at, uh... She used to work at Rolling Fork. Yep. So I would go with Jeff I told we, we talk, I, I talked to her at, yeah. um, the read-through, right? Yeah. And I was like, hey, you used to work at Thing. Yeah, I think it was there. And, so, and it went very she, she, well. She, she worked at the place where our South by Southwest party. Did it go well? No, it went really well. And then I dismissed her. You were like, I dismissed her. You used to work at Rolling Fork, right? And she was like, hold on, there's like four conversations going on at once. Do you guys talk? What are you guys talking about? Angry Boobs? This, this is why stop it. I've never, I've never met this person. So how do you think this, 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 this is a thing will, that guys do is give women terrible names? <laughs> <laughs> how do you think this sounds funny? Joel goes up to Angry Boobs and, <laughs> and he says, "Hey, you used to work at Roaring Fork, right?" And, and, she, and she, she was like, sh- "No, no, yeah, no, no, three no, no, years ago." No, no, no. That is not. No, 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 no. I am the first one to dump on my own self in a conversation with. I mean, I really have that conversation with well. One of the very few. Is that how it turned out, though? That conversation. Well, I just dis- I just missed her okay. because I was just I was just trying to engage her in conversation for Good you move. and and Jeff. I didn't yeah. really care. Mm. I was just they were like, "Hey, is that her? Is that her? Is that her?" So we'll just go talk to her. Yeah. And so I said, "Hey, you used to work at this place," well, and she was happy to be acknowledged. She said, "That's right, I did used to work at that place." Yes. I'm like, "That's awesome." We we were just and then I said, "Are you from Brazil?" <laughs> <laughs> I, w- I will say I was pretty surprised how nice uh, Jessica Negri was. Why? Did you she was to just. Be she was, I don't know. She was just very like you know welcoming and. Where'd you meet her at Pax East? Pax East. It was great. You know, she was. Uh, she seemed very nice. Yeah, we should bring her down for RTS. She would have. Is she from Brazil. She, it seems like she would have to be nice, or she would just stop doing that, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. She, you got to talk to a lot of people. A, you got to be a people person. She, yeah, totally. I'm not. Me neither. Be, yeah. <laughs> why, why are we sending you to Australia if you're not a people person? <laughs> I don't know. How many times have you been to Australia now? That's just twice. So, you did the flight the first time, and then you thought, yeah, I want to do that again. You know who I sat down the road for was Edwards James Olmos. Really? Who's that? Who's that? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) He's the captain of Battlestar Galactica. Oh, It was the original... uh, That is is Edward James Olmos. Edwards James Olmos. Not whatever name you said. (laughs) (laughs) You said something about Brazil. (laughs) I said, are you from Brazil? (laughs) You said it all as one syllable, which I thought would be pretty impressive. I I think you called him Edward James Solmos. (laughs) may have thrown you off. I love the fact that they had a whole lineup of real celebrities, and I'm in the lineup, and I'm the one guy who's just sort of gallivantingly... Drunk across. Gallivantingly yeah. drunk. <laughs> drunk. So where's Marshall in all this? Where's he? Drunk. Marshall. Um, he was around. He was around. He has. A, he doesn't. Uh, he. Um, he. Uh, Should we bring Marshall down <laughs> to defend himself or what's about to happen? I had a whole thing, but I can't get into it because I'm too drunk. I saw a video show up in the RT Life submissions folder of you giving some pretty in-depth investment advice to what looks like a fan. Did that happen? Was um, that a thing? Probably, yeah. Were you doing that? You saw a video of it happening. You know what my thing was? My thing was is that people would come up, you know, dressed, cosplay, or whatever, as various characters. Yeah. And based on whatever character they were, like if you were a video game fighting character, I would then send them to fight Marshall. Or if they were like a space alien, I would send them to like Fight Marshall. Marshall. <laughs> yeah, or whatever it was. If they were koala, them, you'd send them to yeah, pee on Marshall. That's exactly right. So that was my little game that I was going to play. Is like, whatever they were cosplay, I wanted them to send over, like, poke Marshall, whatever. And uh, to, to the fans' credit, they did not do that, which is good. Because you shouldn't do that, but I still try to bait them. In. Yeah. Gavin and I are going to Australia. Yeah. When, are, when are you going? So we will be at Supernova. Excuse me. Supernova. Super. In Sydney. 
June fifteenth through June seventeenth. Isn't that the one that Joel just went to? Uh, no, he went to Melbourne cities, and Gold Coast. Yeah. Uh, Supernova is like a Comic Con there. It sort of travels around. <laughs> oh, God. are you going to are you going to Perth? And then we're going to Perth. Oh man, June twenty second to June twenty. Perth is on the, the city west that's coast? way the hill on the west coast, on the west right? Coast. It's like yep. the only it's the only thing out there. It's the only thing on that side of the country. In fact, we're so far out that they said you can't, you should not fly from Perth back to the U.S. because it's so far that you should stop somewhere along the way. So Gavin and I might stop New in New Zealand. Japan. Oh, Japan. man. Wait a minute. Isn't Japan further west? I don't believe it is. It's just we're going to go we're going to go this up is gonna be and take a right. Bernie, I right now go. this is a fun thing for Bernie. What? And Gavin is going, "Yes, I will go to Japan." Yeah, why is Gavin but going? He really wants to go. He's already he, he, really wants to go. he really wants to go to Japan. I'll why are you look, why so are you saying Gavin is going to go to Japan. Yeah. With Bernie. Yep. And he's all wide-eyed and bushy-tailed and all that stuff. But after this experience, you're going to be like, yep. fucking why did I Is there an Japan? event you're going to in Japan no, or are you just going no. to Japan? I'll be no. damned. You're right. Perth is further west than Japan. J- t- Perth is almost under India. I didn't yeah. realize how far north Japan is. I thought it was down there. You should go to India instead. You should go east. Go east. Dude, we could go Tokyo to India. Tokyo is about even with a little bit it's like between San Francisco and Los Angeles on the west coast. We could stop off in India wow. and you could get that head massage from that dude. Head ma- I would do that. Who, who, who puts you to sleep when you watch the video? Babu. Wait, I would find that. Do you know his name? Yeah. Where he's like, he's rubbing someone's head and he's like, and he's like pulling all this energy down from the, the ceiling. Do you know there are people who have traveled to India and found his shop and yes. put up other videos? Yes. I will do and, that. Like they've had videos Apparently, of them and he, he's like full commitment every time. He gets right in there, he gets his fingers right in their head. It's cosmic goes, energy. He's <laughs> pulling it down, he's like putting it on you. Oh, and then he like sprays the their head down and it's like and yeah, then it's you really guys relaxing to watch. Are gonna get chlamydia. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you watch this video, you would fall asleep on your plane. That's what you should do. Really? Yeah. Oh, well, guy, I wish I'd known about it earlier. Because he's done it. You watched the video and it makes yeah. you fall asleep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I could use help falling asleep. Do you really? What's wrong, money? I never I I have this so, I have this dumbass problem where I can't fall asleep unless I'm trying to stay awake. That's an yeah. interesting problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why, like, I, get that. I, I, I told you I lost my tablet the other day. I need to be watching something, so I just got to lug my laptop home now. I need to be watching something and trying to be attentive to it in order to fall asleep. But you, you, really? have a, you, you, just, need, you just need a, a relationship. Not, I, I you need a woman in your life who's going to have stories for you she, to have to listen to. She's not here. She's going to talk oh, to I you. I need to bring her here to talk to me. She's going to talk to you. <laughs> and you're going to have to pay attention can to I those tell stories. You, I can't tell you. I will fly. Can I say your name? What? Uh, we, so yeah, yeah, absolutely. I would fly Hootie down here and put her up if you would do a podcast with Hootie and we can ask her questions about <laughs> what it's like to be in a relationship with Monio. Oh, jeez. That would be, wouldn't that be fascinating? That would be fascinating. Yeah. It would be, it would be fascinating. You always shuttle her around. Like, you, like, you'll introduce money. her and then move her away very quickly so money. you can never, like, <laughs> Let me give you a little bit of advice. I don't know if she, has, she knows much about my life money. lately. Cause money. Money. As I was talking to Gavin about going to Japan, this is going to be your Japan. Okay. <laughs> okay. You this don't, will be your personal is, Japan. You don't want this. It seems fun and happy, but it's going to be. This is going to be bad for you. Don't listen to them. Don't trust them. Okay. So you're on date. You're on like regular human time right now. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I, well, I'm now, I woke up at five. Yeah. I came in it shortly after. Because usually I arrive and you're like already. You've been working for like. Bed. I'm awake now. Yeah, somehow. Yeah, I, I saw you at the Starbucks this morning, and I was really concerned that my time was fucked up. <laughs> I was like, if I run into money, like at the coffee shop, like something's fucked up. Is it nighttime? It was like, oh shit. It's because you know my you know my days is like you know a day and a half, so it just like trickles over, and now I'm on like a daytime week. Monty is usually quite somber, and yesterday I went into the studio and I had like. It was so jolly. Oh, we had like a really long conversation. You were like animated. It was amazing. I'd never seen that it before. Inquisitive. I feel like 
talking to Gavin, having Gavin on the podcast might help me on the podcast because I'm not very good on the podcast. We were talking about like what can... Monty, you're great on the podcast. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm not quick. Like, we were talking about our <laughs> perceptions of time. And like yeah, how. yeah. There was like I, I have responses to things you've talked about in the past on the podcast, but I'm never on the podcast. So I, I like for example, one time you were Bernie, you were like, "What's the movie that got ruined the most by a trailer?" And you Go were ahead. like, "You, I forgot what you listed, but my I, probably would have been Mission Impossible." No, no, no. the war, the one that got ruined the most was Terminator Two. Oh no, you're right. You're absolutely Why? right. Because how you, much better would it have been if you didn't know Arnold Schwarzenegger was a good guy? I knew exactly. a guy. I knew you a guy the who first purposely... twenty minutes of that movie, and you don't know who the good guy is. I, I knew a guy. All these hints back and forth about right. the T one thousand. Oh, so they spent that. You're, the you're absolutely right. Yeah. You're absolutely right. I knew a guy who went to the movie who purposely did not watch the trailers. <laughs> yeah, and he, I was sitting next to him, and when that moment of the reveal came, yeah. he was like. Oh, oh my god! He was the only one in the theater. He was the only one in the theater. He was like, oh my god! And the rest of the audience like responded to him. Because back, back, back then, you know, ad campaign comes out. I'm like 10 years old. And I'm like, and you know, Arnold's the big superstar. And you're like, as a 10 year old, like, oh yay, Arnold's, this is the one where he's a good guy this time. And it's, it's like put up well in front. And you see the T1000 diving liquid through the Absolutely. chopper, Absolutely. slicing people up. And it's like, if none of that, like, that's why, that's part of why The Matrix was so successful. It's because you didn't see any of it. You didn't know what the twist was. It's, it's you, true. It's true. So, and, yeah. and it kills you because like, why do they present it as a twist when everybody knows? Yeah. So, like, you watch the first 20 it's, minutes of Terminator 2 without the context of knowing the bad guy. It's like you've got to watch public consumption as part of the equation. And, right. like, how you're going to present it before you present it. And it's absolutely true. Like, so you know? many little things. Like, when T-1000 steals the cop's uniform, he punches him in the stomach, but you hear a slicing noise. You know? And, like, you know, you see the, the, the silver mannequin when he throws Arnold out the window for the first time. He's in the trailer. No, this is all in the, in the movie. And okay. as you're watching it, these are all hints as to what the fuck is going on. But you already know. And that's, that's like, the biggest problem. It's true. There's nothing lamer than a twist that you saw coming a mile away. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what I hate about the prestige. It ends mm. on a big twist. Like, the last shot of the thing is, like, a big twist. Like, and the big music. da da And you're like... Yeah, we've known that for 20 <laughs> minutes. You yeah. showed us this 20 minutes ago. Yeah, I, I, don't know, I don't know if you ever saw the Korean movie Old Boy, but yeah. it's kind of the same way. There's a big twist at the end oh, that like, God, I yeah. saw immediately. And then they get to it, and I'm like, this movie's stupid. But I'm the only person I know who's like, I didn't like that movie. It was like so telegraphed. It's funny, because yeah. you could have one group both controlling the product and the marketing of the product. You could really manipulate audiences in a better way. You know, and it's just sort of like the marketing groups are up against it. Yeah. You know, when it comes to the, to the selling of the story, it's like here's a director, and you see him on set spending all the time and energy to try and to, 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 but it doesn't matter because it's already ruined. Yeah. Did, did you see the new Prometheus trailer? Yeah, it just yeah. came out this weekend. I, yeah, yeah I there's another one. Yeah. yeah. Great. Cannot great trailer. Can we stop the the trailer thing where every trailer doesn't have music anymore? It's just like. And then fade in. And no, no. What I hate Brrr. about trailers is when they do the flickering effect, where you just oh, see yeah. like flashes. I am going to cut a trailer with just Gavin going. <laughs> the very cool thing that is in all those Prometheus trailers, though, is the, the, the weird siren at the end that was in the original Alien trailer. That's cool that was a good, that was a great. Like, I, 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 I have to watch it. Do you guys yeah. see? You can see uh, the cabin in the woods. I, I yeah, I actually Ooh. saw. It. Remember that twenty four hour film festival that oh, I was in that? back in December? Yeah, it was there. It's one of those movies that everyone's just talked about too much. That now I don't want to see it. If you like, listen to that podcast, it's the one movie that we were not allowed to discuss. Uh, uh, I, I, I couldn't tweet about it. We couldn't write about it. We couldn't podcast. Yeah, about it. I wow. purposely kept myself from any knowledge of it whatsoever. The I only knew uh, someone said unicorn. Is, that the, the, is uh, that the one where the trailer? It's like there's a giant force field. 
Okay. We're not going to do that. That, I, that ruins a huge thing in the movie. Oh, okay. That's another good example. But they it's in the trailer right now. They don't need that shot. Another movie, after Monty just said it, well, they you don't need to watch a trailer for Cabin in the Woods before you go see it. Um, There's one shot. Are we allowed, that, are we allowed that, to talk about this? It's out, it's out in the public. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's on the it's trailer. Yeah. I, I see. That's the thing. I already, it's already ruined for me. I saw the trailer. I'm like, this looks dumb. You know. Well, you know, you know what? <laughs> At the end of the day, it's a good movie. I okay. enjoyed it, but this isn't like you know. This is like the you know. It's not super important. You know, there's other movies. There's a there's also a new Dark Knight Rises trailer. Yeah, I that just saw out. that before. See, I they don't it. need a trailer for the next Batman movie. Yeah, they just need a date and the Batman logo. You're right, and that's pe- it. People You're are right. gonna watch what? it. Yeah, the last one was so huge. Just like just tell people, hey, and remember it, that thing you like? There's another one. Especially if you go, this is the. I mean, if this <laughs> no, is truly the end, they should put. All you have to say is this is the end. They do need pictures of Anne Hathaway dressed up as Catwoman in the trailer. We all agree on that. Is she Catwoman or yeah? Oh yeah, we all agree on that. Yeah, I will uh, watch that movie. When did, multiple, <laughs> when did multiple trailers start happening? Yeah. Like when did new trailers come along? Like every few months. I, I well, now the big thing is people put make. teasers out early. Oh. Like they put teasers that tease the trailer yeah. that teases the movie. And then when you try and look it up online, you have to watch another teaser for. Yeah, or the problem is you try to look it up online. You're like, is this the one I saw already, or is this another <laughs> yeah. one? No, nope, this is the one. No, yeah, this I watched no, a trailer yeah. on YouTube that had a trailer as the pre-roll. For to, is this I, I actually t- <laughs> watch oh, a trailer. To watch a trailer. Yeah, I, I tried to watch a specific trailer, and it was the exact. Tra- is that what you're talking about? It yeah, was the exact trailer you wanted. Oh no, no, it was a different. Trailer. Yeah, I was. I, w- I think I was looking for a trailer for a game, and the pre-roll ad was a 30 second trailer for the game, <laughs> which played before the 30 second trailer I'll, of the game. And you think you, you think you're looking at the wrong video? You know, it's <laughs> like, the initial it's thing like that happens. Reality slowly turns into an Onion article. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I mean, it really does. It does. I mean, I mean you're absolutely right, Joel. I mean, it really does. But yeah, it's probably the onion is probably just people from the future. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Writing stuff. It's a real newspaper. That's and they just like That's right, it's like we try and give them some information, but they just laugh at it. Yeah. It's like we're trying to tell them what's gonna happen. But I, I was I busted out the uh extended edition Lord of the Rings Blu-rays this weekend because I was gonna show it to my kid. Uh, I said, you have to watch it. And he's like, I don't like medieval stuff. Because I was trying to get him to play Skyrim, too. And he's like, no, I don't like medieval really? stuff. Really? don't like medieval stuff? So I said, okay, here, just watch this first movie. And I, he, like, watched, like, the first two minutes. And it was like, I just backed slowly out of uh, His eyes got to be, like, big, like, dinner plates. And yeah, <laughs> it was, was it Fellowship? Yeah, Fellowship, yeah. yeah. And he described, uh, he didn't know any of the names. So he's like, I like when the old guy fought the old guy. <laughs> that was a classic battle, he said. So, But, yeah, but the weird thing about it was uh, the Blu-ray. I'm not kidding you, dude. This is the extended edition Blu-ray. It probably was like 120 bucks when I bought it when it first came out. Good it's Lord. got like 40. It's got like 45 Blu-rays. The damn thing. Yeah. I can't believe Lord of the Rings Fellowship. It doesn't fit on one Blu-ray. There's, oh, really? They still split it on Blu-ray. Wow. wow. Yeah. That's outrageous. It's a lot of discs. Fucking thing had six trailers before it. It's like, uh, are you kidding me? The, the, there's there's something new that some Blu-rays are doing, which I really hate. Like, you know, part of the Blu-ray spec is Blu-ray players can be internet connected. So there's some Blu-rays when you put them in, it downloads them. or it starts streaming a new trailer See, no, for something that's really, not really, yet. Really, so that's like, terrible. And br- if, it, if it's Sony, there's downloading a virus. The Bridesmaids Blu-ray does this. <laughs> I know for a Allegedly. fact. Anytime you put it in. Like, and when you put it in, it tries to just, like spin it. You know, it tries to spin it's it like in a different way, context. Like games where like, it's like, uh, yeah. the, I'm going to talk over you, Joel, because I'm talking. <laughs> so the, the, the screen pops up and it's like customizing your trailer experience. It's like bullshit. You're not customizing my trailer experience. You're just getting some new shit to show me. It's like certain video games where it's like you stick the thing in, oh, updates. It's like those aren't fucking updates. Those are fucking ads. You <laughs> motherfuckers. <laughs> It's true. Guitar Hero. Like, Guitar Hero is one of the games, first games to do that, where it's like, oh, I'm updating. It's like, oh, the only thing is changing the game. So it's just reloading the background ads of change. Did they do, I, thought, I thought a lot of times they could stream those without having to do an update, though. I guess... Uh, any ad in a video game is, is for some reason, way more annoying 
than an it's added game. It doesn't bother me. I don't mind it. So I, don't don't mind. I don't mind it if it gives the developers more money. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I agree with that. Let's yeah. just not have another loading bar. There was one of the Splinter Cell games was sponsored by Airwaves, and the way they advertised that was like in every cutscene there'd be a blimp flying in the sky with Airwaves on it. That is too much. Okay. I'm, de- I'm looking at Sam Fisher. There's a blimp. The Lord of the Rings <laughs> Blu-ray Extended Edition is 15 discs for three How movies. long is that from beginning to end? I don't know. <laughs> it's a lot. Monty would probably... I would love that. I, I, what I'm seeing is... God fucking damn it. Like, I just got Mission Impossible 4. It's, it's t- one disc, and there's no audio commentary. It's... Pain in the ass. No special feature. Well, barely any special feature. Was it? Did you, did you buy a different version? Like uh, no, the, I don't. The, I don't. I looked, and there's. I don't see a special edition anywhere. I see it less and less as special feature. Uh, special effects become more common in movies that they just care less to explain. Yeah, I guess so. Well, I also th- think that with some movies, they're so long. Like I know the. I think the original Avatar Blu-ray didn't have many special features because they had trouble fitting it all onto one disc. That's right. They also yeah. released that very quickly, wow. didn't they? Yeah, yeah they did. Like yeah. straight after it was. I think it was still in some theaters when they. Yeah. Put there. I don't. There isn't. There isn't. No, there's no commentary on the special edition Avatar, but there's a buttload of special features on the second and third disc. Mm. They just have different discs for that. I thought audio commentary tracks just don't take up that much space. Audio can take a... Depending if it's a long audio file, it can take a long, okay. a lot of space. Do you ever listen to I, pr- I propose we have like five commentaries on season 10. Mm. No, it could, <laughs> it could be, you know, depending on your file format, you could have a couple gigs of just audio. Really? I, I never use special features at all. That's why on ours... We don't have a lot of special features. We just have a lot of extra content on our Red vs. Blue I, discs. I like getting like the behind-the-scenes look on how movies get made. I watch them all day, and it's part of my learning process. I like that for like huge blockbusters, like for something like Independence Day with like all the model shots. And stuff. Right, That's right. Cool. See, the thing is that because it's getting more common, it's less explained. People like yeah. pe- the, the people producing special features feel like they don't need to explain it. They just it assume anymore. that the audience understands how it's done. Yeah, yeah. But even then, I still like the process of making movies, you know? So mm-hmm. this Blu-ray set released June twenty eighth, two thousand eleven. Basically, that's a year ago at this point. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. or close to it. It is still on Amazon's number three in movies and TVs for drama, number three in uh, fantasy, and number seven in action adventure. Wow, the box set. Wow. And I was reading articles because we made the announcement about Elijah Wood being in the cast, and they were talking about wait, wait, wait. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> Spoiler. Uh, and uh, of Red vs. Blue, and in the articles they were talking about 10 years ago Red vs. Blue started, 10 years ago Elijah Wood was in, at that same time, was in Lord of the Rings, so they were mm-hmm. coming out then. I think it was Fellowship came out in 2003, wow. right? Uh, 03 was Return of the King. Was it Return of the King? Yeah. So it was, was it 01 then? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so that, that puts it in perspective. That movie, is, this box set is number three in like three different categories on Amazon for best selling and the last movie came out 10 years ago. Wow. That's good longevity, dude. Mm-hmm. That is that's, amazing. That's a good really investment. Like, I don't even view it as being out that long ago. You know? Yeah. No. Yeah. I don't think it was 10 years no. ago. And the effects recent. don't even look that dated either. I mean, it's really... To me, they don't look dated at all. No. I mean, but I'm just... Mm-hmm. But it came out, it came out around the same time as Harry Potter and the effects in that first movie are just disgraceful. Are you Harry Potter? Yeah, like where he's like sat on top of that troll and he's like shoving the wonder. It's like, uh, he looks ridiculous. Plus the the troll scene in Fellowship that was... The best part about Lord of the Rings is special features. They they approached it from like every trick in the book. Part of it's practical, part of it's... It's like they had had the most like high-end like CG technology at the time. But they also had like yeah. I mean things were being yeah. held together by like rubber bands. Yeah, and like the, the miniature they built you know? for Minas, Minas Tirith in uh, Return of the King is yeah. crazy huge. Yeah, and it's like, like the, twenty feet tall. Yeah. Did you go to the museum exhibit? Yeah, it's but awesome. It, it, yeah, that was incredible. Uh-huh. If that thing ever tours again, 
they did a whole Weta Lord of the Rings tour for this museum exhibit. And I, it was It's funny, when you go to the visitor center for New Zealand, like yeah. you go to Auckland, New Zealand, you go to the visitor center, half of the visitor center <laughs> is Lord of the Rings stuff. And like wet, Weta scarves it's and huge, hats and it's stuff. Huge. It's huge. Yeah, the first time it's we went to... the economy. 2001 was the first Lord of the Rings movie, by the way. Mm-hmm. 2001. So that would have been December 2001. And we, we had the opportunity to work with uh, one of, like Bay Rate, who was one of the uh, guys on Lord of the Rings. and uh, Yeah, Bay was the guy who essentially modeled and animated Gollum's face. Right. He talked about um, how they flew investors in early on in the process, and he could show them, oh, this is what I'm doing, and that's how that was part of making the sale of the movie, which was fascinating to hear about. The, to me, the digital stuff is amazing, but the old world, like, craftsman stuff, like yeah. the leather that's workers. Always, and oh, yeah. Great. And that's they had blacksmiths. They have those guys it. who built chain mail for Four years straight, who lost their fingerprints? Right. <laughs> wow. So the way they built cha- yes. the way they built the chainmail armor instead of making chainmail because it'd be too heavy to wear, they basically had the system where they took a long plastic tube, a pipe, and then they just cut it into little links. And, they and the guys, would, guys, the guys would cut that and then link them together. Cut it link together. The smartest. So it's thing. all plastic. Uh-huh. Links, but handcrafted. This, this each link yeah. in every yeah. armor. They have and no fingerprints now. Two guys did that for the however duration of the movie, years straight. So they can commit any crime <laughs> that they want, and they will be fully yeah. armored as long as it's not in the UK <laughs> and they're not caught on camera. <laughs> exactly. But, uh, but I love some of the other stuff too. Yeah, like see, how we tie everything into the review <laughs> podcast. Like it's, all, it's like Seinfeld in the two towers. You know when all the Rohan stuff is uh, going on. You know I think they got just about every horse in New Zealand for some of those shots, and, right? And riders, some of the, like, so as, like as many riders, riders as possible. A lot of them were just women see, wearing. Had beards. they had they wow. redone that with sheep, there would have been no problem. <laughs> There's a lot of sheep. All right. All right, well, we should. When all was said and done, a total of twelve point five million links had been fashioned out of seven miles of PVC pipe. As a result of this tedious labor, the two workers ended up rubbing the fingerprints off their thumbs and forefingers. Wow. Dear. Rubbing them off. I can't imagine that. It's like grinding down skin. But why wouldn't it regenerate? I don't like, know. Spice gave up after a while. <laughs> like, okay, we get it. Oh, <laughs> you don't want these fingerprints. It's, I worked on Lord of the Rings. <laughs> All right, well, so, we need to uh, wrap up Gus, here. Gus, 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 Gus. So, Why are you rolling your eyes like that? One one thing real quick. <laughs> you don't have anything to say. So this week, this week Avengers coming out. Who's going to see Avengers? Since oh, we're talking I'll, about movies. I'll, I'll go see that. So there's a cra- I never go to see movies, but I will go to see that. Well, if you never go to see movies, let me throw this at you. The Alamo, because they always do cool stuff for everything. They're doing an incredible Avengers marathon where they are showing every single Avengers movie and then showing the wow. Avengers. Wow. So you see Iron Man, oh, Iron Man 2. So which Hulk? When when the second Hulk. The one with the... Yeah, that's the one that they consider the Avengers Ed, no, Ed Norton. When, when is right? that? I think it's Ed Norton, yeah. Okay. When's that going to be? Uh, Thursday. Yeah, how, how, until Friday? Or? Hold on one second. I'll look up the actual description. That's, that's a lot of... Uh, was it like five movies then? I want to say it was like 700 Iron minutes Man, of Iron movies. Two, Hold on one Thor. second. I'll look Hulk, at the Avengers Marathon. Captain America. Yeah. yeah. five movies. Yeah. There's no Black Widow movie. There's no there, Hawkeye. There, need, there needs to be a Black Widow movie. Who's that dude with a bow and arrow? Hawkeye. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, they kind of glossed over all that. Huh? He, was in, he, was in, he was in Thor. He was in Thor. He was the guy he, in like, he was, the, the cherry picker. He had the three <laughs> frames. Yeah. <laughs> so wait, there's a guy who can... Fly around in a metal suit. There's a guy who can yes. be huge and green, Te- and there's a guy who has a technically. Bow yeah. <laughs> he's a master assassin. Technically, though, so they spent oh, yeah. yes, more yes. time on Gus in that movie than they did there. That's like the biggest question when you have like a team like that. You have like such this imbalance in power, right? <laughs> yeah, right. That's always the thing. It's like, oh, oh, we have to handcraft one special moment where this guy could shoot an arrow at something to justify this whole scene <laughs> I, and been- justify his whole purpose and value. <laughs> you don't do anything. <laughs> 
He should just he should just not do anything the entire movie and just be like all the other superheroes like yeah thanks seven hundred seventy one minutes oh wow. wow Iron Man the Incredible Hulk two thousand eight Iron Man two Thor Captain America and then finally why the is Avengers. it that's, that's almost thirteen hours of movies. I would do that just to see Iron Man again Iron I've watched good, yes. I've watched both the Iron Mans like a hundred times yeah the first Iron Man was over yeah. but why is Ed Norton not playing Bruce Banner again. That's well, I, it was he, Eric Banya that played him in the first well, one. Right? Yeah. What was the uh, budget on Eric? Who? Eric Banner. I mean, if they can yeah. get Banner, yeah. uh, Iron Man guy, Tony Stark guy, what's his face? Ro- Robert, Robert Downey, Downey Jr. Jr. Mm-hmm. again, and I think he would have been the hardest one to get back. As remember, the, remember, well, Ma- they, they, they might have been willing to put up. Remember the Iron Man Two? They're kind of like implying that, like, make, keeping like a safe zone. It's like maybe he won't be in the movie. Maybe yeah. he will. You know? Yeah, if they had to use like I think they even I, I think in the trailer they have a line where it's like I thought you weren't going to join the team and he's like whatever, you know. No, I think there was some concern whether or not Robert Downey Jr. would join. Had the he cast. not had he not been in it, it would I mean, for me, it, of, of all the movies that was the only one that held interest for me. Well, thought, Iron Man 1. I like Yeah, the whole Iron Man story like Thor, cool. Captain America, I like, all those other well, guys didn't I, care. The thing I liked about it was that it was real. Like it was it wasn't a superhero. He's just a rich guy in a suit. But then there's all these other superheroes, so it's like, yeah, it's kind of defeated that. You can see me. the frustration. And go- I guess are you trying to end this? I'm trying to end it. Why? Because we, we have a segment after this. What's the What's segment, the segment after this? Yeah, I guarantee you they're not going to be as interesting as us. You'd be surprised. Who is it? We, uh, it, it we interview some people at Funimation about an upcoming project they have involving Mass Effect. Okay. okay. Well, okay. that's pretty cool. Eh, you know, no, I, I mean, every time we've had a guest, I is, is I just like that. Are you going to badmouth the podcast? No, no. Like when we, well, we have like the Bioware people. Right, listen, I don't play listen, Mass listen. Effect, so I just like, oh, whatever. Can we rebrand? Can we get the trademark for Funimation? No. But it has fun and animation <laughs> in the. T- it's two words. I, when is the Alamo thing, Bernie? Uh, it is Thursday. It's at noon. And sold out, I imagine. Uh, I don't know. I didn't check to see if it was Have you had any... Um, I'm not going to that. I'm not doing Have that. you had any extreme coincidences happen to you? No, no quick, why are you still trying to talk about stuff? That's it. We're wrapping this <laughs> wait, up. Wait, wait, next wait, next wait, time, wait, next wait, time, wait, Gavin, and I, Gavin and I have a theory that we're dead. Because when, so when he or, hey, he and I are in the same room, weird so coincidences happen. We've, tr- we've so been traveling a lot. killed you guys, We might already be dead, Joel. This might be the flashback right before we die. This might be our lives. I could only fucking hope. Monty's like our guide because he keeps telling us you've already talked about <laughs> he's slowly trying well, to the fact yeah. that we're dead you, you we'll do, do we will, we will yeah. say no, no I noticed that when I get super busy with a project or whatever <laughs> we're, we're done I know. You did you cut yeah, you oh you ass hey everyone we got some people joining us today here to talk about an upcoming project they're working on. It's uh, me, Gus, and Adam sitting in. Hello. From Rooster Teeth. Uh-huh. And uh, we are being joined by Justin Rojas, who's the senior social media manager at Funimation, and April Benham, who's the supervising producer uh, for an upcoming project they're working on that's Mass Effect related called Mass Effect Paragon Lost. You guys there? Wait, yes. Yes. Funimation? Yeah. I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> you have no idea what's going on? Well, I, I saw some trailer video earlier last week. Um, oh, yeah. That yeah. was just some concept art. But mm-hmm. I, what are you guys working on? So it's um, we are actually doing a, um, a video game-related uh, animated film, uh, about a 90-minute film, based off of a new character that they introduced in Mass Effect 3. Um, and it's called Mass Effect Paragon Lost. And it's pretty much Vega, who's a new character that you've seen in the game. Um, it's his backstory. You're a little bit of his backstory in the actual video game, but now you're actually getting to visually see it. It's pretty much like an extension of the video game uh, that you're getting to see it visually. 
So is this the story of everything that happened to him up until the point we see him at the beginning of Mass Effect 3, like his, like his career in the actual military? Yep, pretty much. Um, he is one of those guys where he really looked up to Shepard all his life, and he wanted to be exactly like Shepard. And when he finally did get into the military, you, he finds out that it's not as easy as it looks. Yeah, no shit, we had to kill, like, tons of Reapers and all sorts of <laughs> other crazy stuff. Right, right, right. Yeah, right. crazy. Yeah, 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 lots crazy of Reapers, a <laughs> lot of big decision-making to be done, so... Well, that's cool. Um, I know that I, I look forward to it because I uh, I know when I started playing Mass Effect three and I first ran into James, I was like, you know, who is this guy? I felt like 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 he 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 seemed like he had uh, he had knowledge of Shepard. He knew what was going on and was talking to me almost very cavalierly, see, and I had no idea who, who he was. When right. In the very first beginning, and you can see it on some of my my Mass Effect streams when uh, when I first met him. I thought he was Jacob from Mass Effect 2. <laughs> I was like, wow, you've changed. You've gotten really strong. What's going on? And right. then like an hour or so in the game, I was like, these are totally different characters. I'm confused. Right. Where did that other guy go? Who are you? When I played the game, uh, in a sense, you've got this feeling that, you know, Shepard's a, a legend that's been going around. And, you know, throughout 1 and 2, all these things have happened. And everyone has heard his stories. So seeing James Vega, you know, he's one of those guys who's in the military who's heard everything about this you know, legend of Shepard, and then actually is getting to work with him for a bit. So it's kind of cool human element, I think, to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's the biggest thing is uh, that uh, the Mass Effect guys, we worked very closely with um, Casey Hudson and the whole uh, Mass Effect team on this story. And that was one thing that, you know, they wanted to show, especially with Vega, that, you know, it's not as easy as it looks to be in the military. And um, Vega, you know, he's, you get to see a more personal side to him than just the big burly guy who beats you up in some cut scenes. Hey, I, I, like be, I beat him up yeah, for the okay, for good. the win. You beat him up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it goes both ways. Uh, depending on depending on the options that you choose. Right, well, right, I, I, right. For the record, I beat Vega up. Okay, good. So did I. Yeah. <laughs> I would too, honestly. Yeah. So this project you're working on, is it, uh, like, how long is it? Is it a feature-length uh, production, or is it a series, or, you know, what's the scope of the work that's being done here? Yeah, it's actually a feature-length film. It's going to be 90 minutes. Um, we're very excited about it. We've been working on this, gosh, for almost two years now. So it's one of those things where it takes a while for... Uh, especially for animation, it takes an entire year to do animation. So, so we've been working on this before Mass Effect Three ever came out, and um, learning more about Vega and how they created Vega. And actually, what was really neat is what we kind of came up with for Vega is what you actually see in the video game because we were working simultaneously with them. So um, we, you know, we worked about six months on the script, then we went into animation. And we should be getting final animation here shortly. And then we'll be doing all the little whistles and adding in all the sound effects and recording and all that fun stuff. And and should be releasing November 6th. Oh, that's great. Um, so, I mean, since you, you've been working on it for so long, you know, were you very privy to the story of Mass Effect 3 during the early stages when you were writing the script? Or was it very limited, like, just write about the <laughs> Actually, character? no. <laughs> they were very, very, very secretive, which, in their right, they should be. Um, they gave us what we needed to know for Vega, but that was it. So um, they wanted to keep everything pretty secretive, which, which is good. 
Um, but, you know, it would have been nice to get a little yeah. sneak peek. <laughs> but I did get a little sneak peek here and there before some people, so that was kind of cool. Um, but, yeah, most of the time, no, they kept it very secretive. So who else are you guys working with on this project? It sounds like you're working pretty closely with BioWare. Are, look, who's doing your animation, or do you have any other partners working on this with you guys? Yeah, we're, um, we, we do work very closely with BioWare, and then um, the animation studio is Production IG. Oh, wow. Um, and we have a director, um, Takeuchi-san, um, which I actually just got back from Tokyo interviewing him uh, about this film and what he liked about it and so on and so forth. So it was a lot of fun to get to meet with him and, and actually see the animation process. That's something that we're going to be putting as a DVD extra is uh, you, you guys getting to actually see the the production, production IG studios and the animation process and then talking to the director as well. For people who are listening and may not know, Production IG worked on, you know, the Ghost in the Shell standalone complex and they also did the animated segment during Kill Bill Volume 1. Um, that's all I can think of off the top of my head. But Yeah, um, they're, 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 <laughs> very good. Yeah, they're, those, are, those are like the two main ones that they're going for, for sure. Yeah, very respected. That's that's awesome. I really look forward to it. I know I, I, I saw you all put a teaser out on the Bioware site uh, with concept art last week, and uh, the concept art looked great. Uh, I was hoping I could see a little more of the stuff in action, <laughs> stuff actually moving, but I guess it's still a little early in the process. It's, it's still a little early, but don't worry. There will be something coming out um, here in the next couple of months that you guys will get to see some moving stuff. It's hard, you know. It's not like a typical live action. With animation, you know, it's a long process. So we can't just give little teasers like most um, most live action films can do because they already have it in live action. We're actually, we have Production IG working very diligently trying to get the animation done and, and trying to make it look as good as possible. So this is going to be also, just so you know, it'll be a 2D, 3D mix. So all the characters will be in 2D, and most of the vehicles are 3D. Okay. And what's really cool is we were actually able to take the actual 3D asset from the video game and implement it into um, into the movie. Hmm. Oh, that awesome. sounds awesome. Yeah. yeah. I bet that's got, that's got a really cool um, style to it, a really cool feel to it, I bet. Oh, it's really neat. It's There's really neat. I think really like that, it. But I can't remember the name right now. Um. Anyway, I thought it was cool. <laughs> um, so, when you're working on a project like this, you know, obviously, I guess you know you have to write the script first. What is the next step? Like, do you all then work on animation and then do audio, or do you do audio first and lay it down and then animate based on that, or how does that work? Well, Funimation actually does it a little differently than most normal animation studios. Most normal animation studios will um, record the audio first and then they'll animate to that. But due to us working with an actual Japanese um, um, animation studio, we have them record it in Japanese, and then Funimation will dub it on the back end. That's what Funimation is known for uh, doing such a great job with bringing in these Japanese titles and um, and dubbing them to the lip flap. So um, the next step after script is they'll do the recording, but then they start on storyboards. Um, and we begin to see the storyboards because the thing with animation is you can't, it's not like live action where you can just film, 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 film. You have to know what you're animating and that's it. Nothing is left on the cutting room floor. So, um, we look at storyboards and then they kind of work simultaneously pretty much as, as they are shelling out storyboards, we're giving notes and then they're starting to animate and then they're still shelling out more and more storyboards. So it's kind of a stair step process. That's interesting. I never, I never would have imagined that that's the way it would work. That's really cool. 
what kind of like how many how difficult is it to work like is there a big language barrier when you're trying to coordinate with partners who are over <laughs> in Japan? Justin hears all the stories all the time. Um, it, it's definitely there. There can be a cultural difference, um, especially when we are in script writing phase. Sometimes um, with this one, it was great. Um, Takeuchi San was really. Uh, very gung-ho and excited about this project. So um, the dialogue, we were able to keep quite a bit. Um, but there are times where, you know, when we say, what up, bro? The Japanese <laughs> don't know how to say, what up, bro? They don't even know what that means. They're like, why are you saying up, bro? You know, that sort of thing. So we have to do a lot of explanation. Like, no, 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 don't worry. This is Western slang, you know, that sort of thing. Um, but then um, also, too, a lot of changes go down in the storyboard phase um, because then they start realizing, oh, wow, they bit off a little more than they can chew. And so they're having to kind of cut down a little bit and get it to a good point. So a, a lot of what my job is is I, I always tell people I'm a peacekeeper because I not only am the middle person between Japan, but I also deal with Bioware, too. Mm-hmm. So I have to, like, bring all all forms of of notes and things like that together and make it one cohesive unit. But what's really cool about this project is we are not just releasing this in the States. This is going to be a worldwide release. So, you know, we have to make it appeal to worldwide. Um, but it's definitely with canon. There might be some more explanations than what, you know, most gamers would want to see only because, you know, they're like, well, I already know that. And it's like, well, we're having to appeal to people who don't necessarily already know what a Praetorian is and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you beat me to my next question. I was going to ask what the, <laughs> if it's going to be a global release or not. <laughs> um, so, like, how... How much, like, how much, how much video games do you guys typically play? Would you say you're pretty big gamers, or are you more focused on the animation side of things? Um, I say for myself, I actually sit and watch my nephews play because there's no way I can freaking do those little toggle switch. And <laughs> I just want up, down, left, right. That's what I want. So I watch my my whole family, my brothers and my nephews are big gamers. So what I do, they love it. They love my job because I'll give them a video game and say, play this. And I sit and watch it. But I know Rojas plays a lot. Yeah, a good <laughs> chunk of us here at the Nation <laughs> office. I mean, we're, we're an anime company, so it is a company full of gamers and nerds and, and nerds. all that. Very geeky company. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I play my good share of video games. Um, definitely went through the Mass Effect games. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we worked on Dragon Age, made sure to, you know, play the Dragon Age games, yeah. too. Um, but, you know, I've played whatever, it's, Halo. and It's technically research for us. Yeah, it's research. JRPGs, <laughs> whatever it might be. Um, you know, when I don't have... When anime's not taking up all my time, definitely... Yeah. So, put some uh, video games in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I feel like there's a lot of crossover there, and I think that might surprise people who don't work in the industry. Like when Rooster Teeth first got its start doing, a, you know, going to events and meeting with, you know, people who were fans of our work, we would go to anime conventions because there really weren't many big consumer video game shows. Yeah. And people would always say, you know, why are you going to an anime convention? I said, well, you know, the people who are fans of our stuff, the people who are fans of video games are also fans of anime, and that's, you know, that's where you'll find them. Yeah, that's pretty much why Funimation decided to dive into the original entertainment realm is, you know, we have the anime fans, and then the video games have a built-in fan base, and there's a lot of anime fans that are big gamers, and then there's a lot of anime fans that aren't necessarily big gamers, and vice versa, same for the video gamers, they're not, they might not be exactly anime fans, so what we're trying to do is really broaden this art form to all 
forms of geeks geek out there. Geek entertainment. <laughs> yeah. yeah, geek culture. Geek culture, exactly. Yeah, it's um, it's funny how you said that you'll watch your brothers or your nephew play uh, play games. You know, we have we have a team of animators here who work on Red versus Blue, and you know they work really long hours, and they don't necessarily get to play as many games as they want. So sometimes I'll wa- I'll catch them, you know, streaming other people playing video games or watching oh videos on YouTube, like recaps so of games. Yeah, so, you know, I do a lot <laughs> of that because it, it, they're it, because Japan is fourteen hours ahead of us. A lot of times in the evening time, I'm having to to do phone calls with them, and so it's it's difficult for me to just get to sit down and play. So I do do a lot of streaming of the of gameplay and things like that. Which so I love. People who actually do that, it's kind of nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's good research for me. Yeah, it's a good way to get caught up. I swear about 50% of the time, every time I go back to the studio, Monty has Street Fighter or some uh-huh. some video game streaming on one of his, like, 19 monitors yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, one of, one of our animators has a battle station where I think he has six monitors hooked up to one computer. Oh, my word. Uh, yeah, <laughs> That's he's, awesome. Yeah, he's, it he's, might be higher than that he's now. No, he's normally watching a movie, watching a game, working. Watching anime. And watching, <laughs> working, yeah, it's, so it's it's crazy. Um, so with you know with you working with um, uh, Japan, have you had to go over to uh, Japan at all during this project? Well, I actually just got my very first trip. I've been with the company for um, about two years now, and so I got my very first trip for for Dragon Age. Um, because we actually have a co-producer out there, we rely heavily on them to be kind of the project managers um, of the animation studios. Um, but this go-round, I got to go for Mass Effect and go check out the studios. And I also decided to make it a trip to do DVD extras as well for the Mass Effect fans. Because everyone got really excited over here when they started to see the, that teaser trailer. And um, are really excited to see the process. So that was something that um, we wanted to do for the fans is let people see the animation process. And I kind of wanted to see it myself. It's crazy how they work over there. They will... Um, they don't require high school diplomas, and a lot of times they will hire people fresh out of middle school. Wow. If they are good drawers, they will let them be animators. It's crazy. It's And it's like they put a lot of people in one gigantic room. It's very messy, and it's just it's really interesting. Well, I bet it's people who are really passionate about what they do if they, yes. if they pluck them that young and if they're, 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 if they're that talented. Yeah, they definitely, they sleep at their desks. I saw a guy passed out at uh, one desk one time. I saw another guy who had um, his sleeping bag sitting right there. So they are very passionate. I mean, in in Japan, animation is such a big deal. I mean, it is here, too, in the U.S., you know, but it's primarily, like, what people think of as, like, Disney Disney, and and Pixar or something like that. But in in Japan, I mean, that is, like, one of their largest, you know, yeah, Yeah. forms of media there. Yep. Um, so where in uh, Japan uh, was the studio that you visited? Um, it was in Tokyo. I can't tell you. I can't even remember what district it was. Then <laughs> I went. I went to so many places, and I don't really speak Japanese. But mm-hmm. I know, like, I was. I think it was close to Shinjuku. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, it was kind of a little bit, a little bit further out, um, a little bit on the outskirts, a little bit of Tokyo. Because mm-hmm. um, when when I was walking around with our co-producers, they were telling me that the um, the um, the studio was in a more residential area. Okay. Hmm. 
I went to uh, Japan once, like five or six, no, probably like six or seven years ago, and I, I had a blast out there. It was a, uh, it's, it's such a different place. It was, really it was an adventure, that's for sure. And I went by myself, so that was even more interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. When I when I went, I went by myself too, and uh, like not knowing the language, not knowing anybody there, and you know, some of the guys here don't understand how I could do that. Just go to a foreign country where I don't know anything and just you know lose yourself for a while. Right. But yeah, it's 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 a fascinating place to visit. It is. I completely agree. <laughs> So how, you said you've been with, uh, April, you said you've been with Funimation for two years now? Uh-huh. Uh, Justin, how long have you been there? Uh, I've been here for, what, three? Gone, yeah. yeah, right about three. You were right before mm-hmm. Nice. How did you all get your start, like, working, you know, in this industry? Oh, uh, Well, okay, well, <clears throat> I've always been an anime fan, you know, growing up with Dragon Ball Z and Sailor Moon and Samurai Pizza Cast and all that, John. Um... I did conventions for a little bit, you know, just going through college and all that. So once I got out of college, uh, I'm, I'm born and raised in Dallas, which is where, you know, Funimation's always been located in the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. So I was always kind of aware, you know, seeing the logo at the end of the Dragon Ball Z episodes. Um, you know, I went to school for business, and when I was out getting jobs, it just, honestly, it's, it's the most boring story, really, in the world. It's like, oh, there's a job opening at Funimation, in a relevant field that I have experience in, I guess I'll just apply. So I applied, came in for an interview, and, I mean, given the fact that, you know, I had the anime experience also, um, and the relevant marketing experience, it was just a fit. Um, And surprisingly, with all the people we've hired, that's not always so easy to find. Yeah. Not necessarily always required either. We've got a lot of people here who aren't necessarily, like, huge anime fans. But for certain positions, you need to be more of a fan than others. Mm-hmm. Um, so I start off here as a brand manager, uh, assistant brand manager, and, and then I kind of transitioned into the social media realm. Um, so it's been a cool place to be, and it's constantly changing. This company is so, yeah, so different than it was when I first started. Heck, it's different than it was last year. Yeah, yeah. So... My background is a little different. Um, fresh out of college, I actually started working in reality TV. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm, but I'm, I was born and raised out here in Richardson, North Dallas. Um, so I, I started off working on a couple court television shows. Then I got the amazing opportunity to work with Robert Rodriguez out there in Austin. Nice. Um, I was his, uh, his second assistant on uh, Sin City and the Adventure Shark Boy and Lava Girl. And uh, during the time that I was there, a lot of the people that I worked with influenced me to go out to Los Angeles. So I moved out to Los Angeles after that and lived out there for about five years. And really, I did a lot more reality shows. That's A lot of my connections were out there. So I did a really a whole, I produced a whole bunch of reality shows while I was out there. And um, missed the family, so I decided to move back and saw that there was an opportunity here at Funimation. I actually had not really, I'd heard a little bit about Funimation. I'd always see their name a little bit. Um, but this was so different and... Um, it was something because we were doing original stuff um, with my skills of just being a producer in general. Uh, we're able to uh, cross over because, uh, I mean, no matter it's animation or live action or anything like that, it all is pretty much the same same type of job. So, right. Um, so yeah, so I was able to use my skills, and now we have... We have these two films, Dragon Age and Mass Effect, but we have three other films that are in the pipeline. Mm, have you announced them? No, we haven't. Oh, okay. So, but we will soon, <laughs> hopefully. 
So, um, are these, uh, I guess, is this uh, like a new, well, you probably can't talk about it. <laughs> okay, so um, so I guess you said you also had the Dragon Age, uh, you know, feature that you worked on as well. Do you have any other uh, video game related things that you've worked on in the past like, with Funimation? Uh, no, actually, Dragon Age is our very first film um, for for the original entertainment department. Um, so we're very excited about that. That comes out at the end of May, May 29th. Um, and the Mass Effect will be our second film. When is I was actually going to ask, but I didn't really, I didn't want to sound stupid. <laughs> in the case that it had already come out, I was like, oh man, I. Yeah. <laughs> May 29th, yeah. So we're we're still we're still doing a lot of push for that. Yeah, we're actually doing. We've we just did uh, our, our premiere in Dallas. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a limited theatrical uh, or le- limited screenings actually on May twenty fourth mm-hmm. in uh, it's San Francisco, Los Angeles, New Edmonton, New York. Yeah, those four. Yeah, right? yeah. So that's a that's a one day uh, showing. So that's literally like the only time. You're going to have a chance to see the theaters. The theaters. So if you guys are in those areas, you should you definitely should go. check it out. <laughs> nice. We'll be sure to uh, include a link to uh, any listing you have with more information about yeah. that. Yeah, Adam and I were also both big uh, Dragon Age players as well. Yes. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. So uh, I think we're... we're that's, I probably played more Dragon Age than I did Mass Effect. Really? I think I played more Mass well, Effect than well, Dragon Age. Well, if you Age. saw Cassandra, this uh, Dragon Age, um, we have it called Dragon Age Dawn of the Seeker. It's based on Cassandra's backstory. Oh, awesome. From Dragon Age 2. Yeah. Interesting. She's pretty hot. She <laughs> kicks ass and she's hot. So. <laughs> <laughs> Perfectly. Yeah, I think I think Adam and I are probably your target audience for for both of these films. Yep. <laughs> I will be seeing both of them. The movie oh, actually the has a lot of drag. Yes, yes. So, <laughs> do you have a, a release date for the uh, Mass Effect piece yet? Yeah, it's November sixth. Great. Yeah, it's uh, direct to DVD. We're still currently trying to plan and Blu-ray. Yes, yeah, sorry, um, and, and uh, we're still trying to figure out if we're going to do some sort of theatrical thing where we'll have it one night only, sort of thing. But um, we'll probably have more information when it gets closer. Hopefully, for that one, you can add a, an Austin date. Yeah, <laughs> so we yeah, can yeah, yeah. we can check it out as well. November sixth. That's uh, that's going to be a busy date. Yes, it will be. Yeah, <laughs> voting and everything. <laughs> that's uh, that's uh, yeah, presidential election, and uh-huh. so yeah, you'll be, you'll be, you'll definitely, people will definitely be looking for entertainment after after casting their ballot. <laughs> I bet <laughs> some sort of escape. Yeah, yeah, an escape from uh, real life with uh, with and follow the, the the trials of James Vega. Right. <laughs> So the the story that you're going to be telling in uh, it was called Paragon Lost. Is that correct? Uh huh. Does the story you're telling in Paragon Lost cover his James Vegas' whole life, or is it just his military career? It's just his military career. It's kind of on his first mission out in the military, and this is before he's joined in Seven. The whole thing. So um, it's right fresh. Uh, into the military is you get to see all of his choices and how he became the leader that he is today. What kind of makes him a little broody in in the third one? Do we in the third mass? Do we get to see him get his tattoo? Can you spoil? Can you say that? <laughs> no, I know. I wish we could have, but yeah, no. He already has the tattoo in our in our thing um, uh. as well. So. <laughs> I was hoping we could see uh, the, the the reasoning behind that or the, the yeah, choices yeah. that led up to that. I, I don't know. You know, I never learned the reasoning behind it. I think I probably did at one point. Now I don't remember. 
Oh, okay. Well, that's that's too bad. We'll we'll have to make do with uh, already having his his tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> in um, and I forget in Mass Effect three, does he tell? I'm looking at Adam here. Does he tell? Does James tell a story about a mission gone bad and losing his the people he was commanding? Yes. He there. There's a moment where you, you know when talking to him. And I actually, I'm pretty sure it's where you get to unlock his special ability. Um. And he's he's talking about how you know he had a mission go wrong and how do you how do you recover from from being in command and and essentially having to make the strategically right choice but the in in some viewpoints the morally wrong choice right where you end up having to sacrifice the lives of your men to to gain the the you know the military advantage or whatever and, and right. win the war but but most definitely lose a lot right. of you know comrades mm-hmm. and and he t- there's there's definitely a moment where there's a long I, I I know you guys can't spoil anything but I'm hoping yeah. we I, like I remember that moment standing out in the game yeah. and I hope we can I hope we see a little more of that or things of that ilk in can't the, remember if it's before the or after then you get to fight him I think it's before you fight him I think. Yeah, I think well, they get, I, I, they get I, I upset and then they this. fight each other. You sure. do get to see that visually uh, in our movie. So you will get to see that strife and that sort of thing. Um, so uh, I think I think you guys will be hearing that. It's very exciting to hear that because that's, that's, that's our movie right there. Oh, great. That was definitely, I feel... <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great, we know how it ends. Uh, I, I feel like... There's still a lot to be learned. Like, I mean, it's not the whole thing, but you'll still see. Yeah, we, we when we talk about it internally, it's, it's yeah. kind of like Titanic. You know, the ship is gonna it's sink. Seen, yeah. But how and why yeah. and what's going on during the time? Yeah. So. I feel like that was one of that was probably the interaction with James that stuck out with me the most. Um, I would agree. So I'm, I'm glad to hear that. You know, it'll be included and that that is the movie. And as, as April mentioned again, I mean, that was from our movie added into the game. So uh, really, I didn't know there were things you see in, in, you know, video game movies these days, you know, it's completely separate from the, from the game itself, or it's, it's a complete side story that, um, you know, might not ever make its way into the, the rest of the storyline. But with Dragon Age and Mass Effect, both will have elements that have crossed over in some form or fashion. Yeah. So and end with visuals and visuals. So were those story hooks left open intentionally on Bioware's side, or was the idea developed on your side and then inserted into the game? Like, which came first, the chicken or the egg? Uh, well, it's kind of difficult to say because we developed it together. I gotcha. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of difficult to say that. <laughs> well, that, that's still, that's good. It's good to hear that, you know, it's that kind of hand-in-hand collaboration, because I feel like that makes, you know, the end product more genuine, more, yeah. you know, more compelling. That's one thing about both Bioware teams, maybe Dragon Age or Mass Effect. Both teams are very much all about working as a team um, and coming up with these concepts as a team. So that's pretty much how we try to mimic working with them as well. It's just you know, making sure that we're sticking to canon. Um, we don't really want to piss off any fans or anything like that. Um, and, I, I mean, honestly, this is an extension. It's pretty much, I like to tell people, it's pretty much just a long, extended cutscene for you to for you to watch. Mm-hmm. So. That's very interesting. I, you, uh, one of my favorite things about playing the Mass Effect uh, franchise has been 
you know, moments where they tie things together from from the first game or from other games, um, and and even to see how they're they're taking that cross media. You know, they're 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 going to connect two things, one in an anime form, uh, and then it will translate into the video game. So if you if you've you know watched the the animation and then you go and play the video games, there's going to be a moment where you're like, oh my gosh, that's James Vega, right? You know, like I've I've seen that. You know, mm-hmm. like that's going to be really enjoyable for both. Uh, you know, people who have played the game first, they're going to be able to see something that they can relate to immediately, and then maybe people who haven't played the game yet will, you know, if they watch the animation and then and then play the game, they'll have a really rewarding first experience with him. Right. Um, probably much better than some of yeah. our first experiences. <laughs> yeah, I think I would have enjoyed... Where we were just confused. I would have enjoyed seeing uh, an animated piece like this explaining his story before yeah. running into him in that hallway at the beginning of Mass Effect 3. Yeah, and he, he seems very casual and nonchalant when, when he meets you for the first... Like, when he meets Shepard for the first time, he's like, yeah. Sup, bro? And I'm just like, Who are you? Why are you so muscly? Yeah, we talked, Please. To, we talked about this in a previous podcast, and I think we were saying, you know, yeah. where were you the last two games? I already <laughs> saved the galaxy twice. <laughs> So it'll be it'll be good to see where he was and what yeah. he was doing. It's neat. Um, I know it's not well. And another thing, I, I, I got I, I sidetracked myself mid thought. Another thing that would be cool, and you know, maybe it's a, it's kind of pie in the sky kind of stuff, is if you could make Paragon and Renegade choices while watching the animated piece. Didn't that would be cool? Yeah, like you have the button, you push yeah. it and decides. Yeah. We didn't have the budget for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it makes me think of like the old uh, Dragon's Lair or Space Ace games from you know the early to mid eighties. Now I, I do have a question, and um, if you guys can't talk about it, that's cool. I presume this time or this story will be playing at the same t- or it's taking place. At, At the, the same, same timeline time of, you know, Shepard running, running around the galaxy, galaxy kicking some Reaper ass. Uh, do you guys know if you... Do we get to hear about little bits and pieces about, you know, the great Commander Shepard from his storyline? Or is it um, is it too different? Like, how, how does that... How are you guys handling that, if you can talk about it? Actually, this storyline is um, when they supposedly... Shepard was dead. Okay, so um, so at period. this point... We don't talk too much about Shepard. Um, Vega kind of does a, you know, Forever Normandy badge he wears and that sort of thing. And um, and he talks about how he was such a great leader. But um, because, because this is kind of, uh, I can't remember how many years back, but it's just enough back um, to where it was right after uh, Shepard had disappeared or had supposedly died. Well, that's a. I mean, that's a good time period to flesh out. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because you know, in Mass Effect Two, you you just get that gap when you're when you're playing it. Yeah. Uh, one of the cool things is you know, you you can see people have different opinions on of Shepard. Um, you know, with the depending on the choices that you know Shepard had to make at the end of Mass Effect One. So, um, it's interesting to see that you know different people in the in the movie can have different reflections on how the events went down because um, you know everyone has kind of their limited information no one knows everything that you knew when you played the game and so you kind of get to, get to see it from their perspective right no that's really really interesting oh that's awesome I hadn't thought about that yeah, yeah. <laughs> I almost like when there are gaps in the story that you're able to go back and fill in with other projects like this yeah um, I know it's not as glamorous as Japan, but did you have the chance to travel up to Edmonton? <laughs> 
actually, yes, I did. Um, and I'm going to be going again uh, here in probably June. But I went up to Edmonton for the Dragon Age DVD extras and um, got to interview the Dragon Age team. And um, actually, um, on the Dragon Age DVD, this is the first time you've ever gotten to see it, but I uh, made them take us on a studio tour of BioWare. And so um, that's one of our DVD extras. It was really cool. Um, it's so funny, though. Like, I, I remember myself and my camera guy were driving around, and we were like, uh, we don't feel like we're in another country. It feels like Texas. It actually <laughs> felt like Texas. So. Well, and a- if you want to see some of that, actually, on DragonAgeMovie.com, we did a teaser video um, of the trip to Bioware. So you get to see a little bit of, of the studio. Uh, you can see, you know, Mike Laidlaw, the creative director. It's a real quick, like, 30-second piece of, of the full-length um, extra. Yeah, so. but it's really cool. I mean, everyone up there is extremely nice. Comedians are just so nice. Yeah. Well, we'll <laughs> be sure you. to link that teaser. I could, I could see why you might think it's similar to Texas. Don't they have a lot of oil up there in uh, Edmonton, in the Alberta province? Uh, yeah, and we uh, like uh, they had to prove to me that Alberta steak was the best, mm-hmm. and um, which was awesome. I did, I did actually enjoy it. So, and then I also had Kobe steak in Tokyo. So I don't know; it's kind of <laughs> hard to compare all three of them. There was quite a bit. <laughs> You've had a worldwide steak tour, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, uh, I appreciate you guys taking the time to talk with us. I know you guys are pretty busy. I don't want to. I don't want to hog your your day talking. But I uh, really appreciate you guys coming out, and we, I think we're all excited about this project, and uh, we'll be sure to link people and let them know uh, what you're working on. Awesome. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks so much, guys. Yep. Awesome. All right. Thank you. Day. Bye. Bye.